Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the C Report. I'm your host, Mr. C, and we are coming to you live today on this Tuesday, July 13th, 2021. I hope everyone's having a great day, great evening, good morning, good night, wherever you are around the world. I hope you're having a great one. We're coming to you live on the Foxhole app as well as Twitch and Trovo. And uh, we've got a pretty good show for you guys today. You know, I thought I was going to be running a little bit late today, <laughs> only because I was hanging out in some of the other chats over at the Foxhole app. I was hanging out over at Loyal to the Foil. She had a average Joe Patriot on. Dang it, they were having such a good conversation. I just, <laughs> I just kind of wanted to hang out there and like you know, <laughs> finish up that session, but. Nevertheless, you know, uh, we are here as always and as promised at 7.30 p.m., as, as close to it as possible. Anyways, I think I actually got in on time today. Uh, how are you doing, Service Dog Mom? Good to see you over in the chat. Uh, but yeah, so having a great, great conversations over there. So uh, uh, admittedly, I don't get to catch the shows live over there uh, at Foxhole App as often as I as I would like to, uh, but when I do, uh, it's always a fun time. So, you know, it's a great community. Uh, that's the thing that I just have to reiterate about the Foxhole app. I don't think some people understand, you know, um, I don't know, I guess you could say some people may have some conflicts of issue with some of the content creators, and I'm not going to get into that at all by any means, nor discount credit or anything to that end, because that's not the reason why I'm there, you know, but the community of friends, uh, the community of patriots there, uh, uh, they... Uh, they're worth it. Okay. They're worth it. They are worth it. Most definitely. Hey, just Lee, how are you doing? Good to have you in the house. So anyways, so, you know, and I, anyways, I don't know, I could go on into my spiels of, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, utopian and uh, everybody gets along kind of thing, but you know, there that the, certain things are very understandable. So I could definitely understand what's up with that. Um, and I am not going to, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to, uh, what's the word? I'm not going to rest my laurels on that topic any, uh, by any means anyways, but uh, chat starts to fill up. Weaponized truth. How's it going? As well as looking up. Good to see you. All right. And now we do have quite a show for you guys today. Whew, boy, it was actually a pretty heavy news day, starting to feel like old times again, you know, and of course, I just am here to share with you headlines and stories, um, as well as uh, any news that might be coming forth. Uh, it's, it's always fun whenever I can kind of put my own stuff together, but <clears throat> again... I don't do that all the time. So, you know, we'll see what goes on. I mean, you guys, I'm sure, are pretty good with what's up. So, all right. So, okay. So, before we get into today's news, of course, we're going to do our chat recap from yesterday. We had, uh, like I said, we had a lot of news today. Um, today, uh, today, we got a pretty full report. So, guys, buckle up and get ready for that. It's coming right for you in just a minute. But as, as I said, let's get into our chat recap real quick. Uh, freedom's not free. How are you doing over there? Thank you for gifting the cookie gold pill. Or is it the gold pill cookie? That's the flavor. The cookies come over at the Foxhole app. <laughs> Much appreciated. The Texan is also present. Texas Bear says nope and bye. Well, I don't know, uh, Texas Bear, you're welcome to hang out or you're welcome to go. It's all up to you. How's it going? Uh, keeping busy. Good to see you in the chat room again. And uh, yeah, 
always, always good to have. The door's always open. The lights are always on. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff to do around, uh, around uh, you know, the Foxhole app, especially if you're Fox Hoppin' app 9889. Good to see you, sir or ma'am, whomever, uh, whom, how, however you might be. Shepherding Shepherd. Oh, man, all of you guys are just coming in. Well, you know, okay, <laughs> Shepherding Shepherd says, love and hugs, friends. Angry Red today. Uh, let's fly. Well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't always get angry, but when I do, I don't wear red. No, just kidding. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's time for the red rotation. So, yeah, you'll be seeing me in red. I don't know. Um, so kind of the way that that has worked, you know, I have I have a closet full of coats that I got very cheaply discounted. I'm by no means a rich man because uh, I used to work at um, at a JCPenney. And, you know, if you're an employee at JCPenney, you can stack four discounts on all your stuff, including stuff that's on clearance. So a lot of the uh, a lot of the suits and coats you see me wearing, they're not, you know, they are not cheap by a retail price tag, but uh, I didn't pay that much for them. I think I got this coat for maybe around $10. So yeah. So anyways, but as far as the coats go, because I have a closet full of coats, uh, I think only about five of them fit me right now because I've been getting, uh, I've been putting on some of that summer weight, you know, <laughs> I do the reverse, you know, winter, I don't know, summer. Yeah. Just maybe I'm just putting on weight. Okay. <laughs> So anyways, so uh, so I will usually rotate them out. Now, I remember when I first started to put the C report on way back in February, I would just I would do a different coat every day. And and it was it was soon like I was going to run through all of my all of my coats in like a month. So I was like, well, maybe I should just do like one color per week. And that way, you know, can kind of extend it. But I don't know. I've I have often thought about making the C report exclusively for the red jacket. Um, so I don't know. I thought about that. I don't know. If you guys have any opinions, you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome to share them in the chat. I know that we're, this is not a fashion show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but if you think I should just stick to the red. Let me know, because the thought has actually crossed my mind. Otherwise, you know, I throw in a mix of colors. It's just right now I can only fit into about four or five of them. Uh, the rest of them I've kind of outgrown horizontally, so to speak. So anyways, okay, enough about me, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about you. All right, let's get into yesterday's chat recap. We had Drailing in the House, Joy for Trump, Texas Gal, um, as well as Weaponized Truth, and also Vanguard 360. Just V, Gina from West Virginia. Um, let's see, just be gifting a can of gold pills. Thank you so much. Looking up. Did I say looking up? I might have said looking up, but it's worth saying again. Two Rivers was also in the house as well as Monkey Toes 71. Um, let's see here. She says, hope all is well. Uh, headed to bed, but I've got you playing through the speaker. Good night all. Aww. Um, that's interesting. Uh, people can listen to this show while they're attempting to go to sleep. <laughs> I hope my... <laughs> I hope my giggles don't keep you awake. Sherry Pittsburgh also in the house. Um, let's see who else we got going on. Her uh, Angel Wings stopping in to say hello. We had a bunch of a uh, uh, um, well. We always have our our we always have our usual suspect repeat C offenders in the house. It's always great to have you with us. Uh, but then also always great to see uh, uh, friends from afar or friends from the past coming back in and saying hello as well as new names uh, as well as new names. 
let's see here. Oh, Two River says that she just learned about this show about a month now and tried to see what he's discovered lately. Easier to listen to than some of the... Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I try and make my uh, discourse palatable. Um, and most definitely, uh, we... Well, you know, I try and give you guys a little bit more than just the headlines. I try and dig a little bit and give you some meat on them bones because everyone knows that we want some bones. Uh, we want some meat on them bones. Right. Uh, let's see what we got here. Um, Drailing the Biden family emails. Repeat of stuff is disgusting. Yes. Uh, and I'm sure more of that will come in. Better lately popped in for a minute to say hello. Joy for Trump says, is Hunter an artist? You know, I've seen, well, I and mean, we've all seen, I'm sure, you know, at least what, maybe four pieces that he did. Um, and I, I honestly don't think that Hunter is an artist. Now, I'm not going to judge the man. I paint, you know, I have some paintings. Uh, I've painted all my life. I don't have, I'm, I'm not a great painter by any means. I, I'm like, you know, my my paintings are, yeah. Uh, I have my moments, but um, I, I've done it. I've painted since I was a child. I mean, I'm a, I'm a 100% creative person. You know, I've done paintings. I write poetry and fiction. I've published work. Um, uh, when I was in uh, high school and college, I was uh, in, in theater. You know, um, I used to be in a band for like, you know, I don't know, between the ages of like 17 and 24. Uh, played music. I've made music. I've produced music. Like I've done that. My whole life was creative, was the creative aspect of life, you know, before I dedicated my life to um, uh, digging into news. Because, you know, while I was doing all of that creative stuff, I was always listening, you know, to uh, shows, podcasts, doing analysis, um, always having those conversations, you know, uh, you know, the, the red pill conversations and stuff like that. Like I have, oh, I mean, and this is going back to like, you know, probably I remember having political debates with, uh, you know, people from high school and college uh, back in the day. And, uh, you know, I was quite often um, on the opposition team, meaning that all of them did not believe a lick of what I believed, did not see what I said, could not understand it. And, you know, I used to be in this band and I'll never forget um, when I started going off about the Federal Reserve and, you know, the Constitution and stuff like that, uh, the keyboardist in the band got real shook up and she was like, it's just weird because you talk about all the things that my dad and my brothers talk about. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, they always tell me about fiat currency and they always tell me about the federal reserve. And they're always talking about the second amendment. And now that's all you do. And I was like, Oh, I was like, well, I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, that's really interesting to know, but it's all true. Just in case you weren't listening to your father and your brothers, you should probably start listening to them. <laughs> So anyways, you know, um, like, so, so whenever I speak, because I don't like to judge people, but when you ask me a question, like, is Hunter an artist? And I don't know the man and his personal life. I just know that all of a sudden he's making artwork and some of the pieces, at least two of them that I saw, I thought were pretty good, you know? And I was like, wow, that, that that's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know if it's worth half a million dollars, but it's pretty good. And um, so I can't say, I don't know. I don't know if he was creating art his entire life, 
uh, like some people have. But I can say for a fact, there are probably a lot of artists out there that are like that damn grifter, like that damn he, that 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 poetaster, you know, like that 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 charlatan. Like he's not an artist; he's just doing that to make money. You know, I'm sure there are people out there who think like that. You know, I'm not going to judge it that way. And I would probably never buy a piece of his work. Um, I, I try and support the arts as much as I can, like uh, Texas Bear 77. Uh, when we were over there in um, uh, Loyal to the Foils chat, had uh, made a comment to the effect of uh, reading one of Loyal's poems. Well, what I had misunderstood is that I guess Texas Bear was saying that that was a poem that they had written for Loyal, I thought they meant that they were going to read one of Loyal's poems. So I just totally misunderstood that, you know, but um, I, I write poetry. I've got three or four books published of poetry. So I enjoy reading poetry. So I meant no offense to you, my friend. Um, but anyways, okay, so going back into this, uh, let's see, uh, we, who else do we have in here? Uh, da -dum, da -dum, da -dum. Let's see what we got in, uh, by way of comments. Uh, it's just a lot of love going back and forth in here. I love that you guys throw a lot of love around in these chat rooms. That's always a very nice thing. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. Sergeant Sparky was a lurking and a working and a twerking <laughs> and laferking. Wait, but not with your gherkin, right? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Sergeant Sparky. Don't tell your wife I said that. Joyful June was also in the house as well. <laughs> Pilled by the Rabbit. I hope you had a wonderful uh, anniversary uh, yesterday, Pilled by the Rabbit. Disco Daphne was also in the house. Uh, let's see here. Yes, the pen is mightier than the sword better lately. <laughs> Joy for Trump gifting a can. Thank you so much, Joy for Trump. So we have Joy for Trump and Joyful June. Such joyous people joining us. I love it. Service Dog Mom, also in the chat today. Did I say hello to Sherry Pittsburgh? Sherry Pittsburgh was there in the house as well. Don S. Hey, Don S. Gifting some shades, keeping me cool. Uh, and uh, I appreciate that as well. Um, let's see here. Remembering my... Oh, oh. Pilled by the rabbit. I was I was lucky. I caught uh, I caught that you'd mentioned your um, anniversary. So I'm glad I was able to acknowledge it. <laughs> Drailing says, if the rhinos didn't get played by the left, no one would play with them. Ah! <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. No one would play with them in the sandbox, right? That's what we're talking about. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Just V says, I wish those ballots would be used throughout the country. You know, Just V, I, you know, Arizona's leading the way. I do not doubt. I do not doubt for a fact that those ballots will definitely go countrywide. Um, I bet you the next place they're going to pop up in is Georgia just because of Vernon Jones. Because of Vernon Jones, he he's the one who leaked the ballot to begin with on his Instagram. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe we'll see it over there or maybe we'll see it over in uh, Pennsylvania since they're going the way of the audits next, right? Uh, Pamela Roll was also in the house yesterday. Hello, Pamela Roll. Uh, someone with money needs to create a new television platform that can't be controlled by the three-letter agency. Says Just V. Just V. Just so you know. That is coming. It is coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Um, um, it is It is quantum internet uh, that will be run off your TV, basically. Um, that's what I hear. That's what I've heard. Um, I. It's not my story to tell. I'm not at uh, liberty to mention all of any details I know about that, although some of you guys probably do know about that already if you're, your ears are really to the ground. 
but basically it's going to be like, from what I understand, it's going to be like every individual has their own portal uh, or account portal. It looks like it's run off of a, a small device that you connect to your television, but it's quantum internet. What that means, I don't know. Uh, in my head, what I think that means is it's kind of like the Tesla batteries or like uh, zero point energy, you know, it's the energy that you pick up from the air, that it's something like that. And, and it doesn't require cables and cords and plugins and connections and routers and nothing. I mean, it just supposedly this quantum Internet's just going to pick it up from the air and it's going to create um, a portal for users that no one can hack into. No one can, you know, no one can block your IP address. No one can censor you. No one can ban you. No one can stop you from, you know, making money with your banks and stuff like that. Like we're seeing that happen right now. Of course, I don't know how it'll be on the bank's end, you know, but at least between your your personal uh, account and all that stuff, you should still be able to do it. It's already in the works just to be, I was kind of hoping that that's what President Trump was going to talk about on that Wednesday uh, First Amendment speech uh, press conference that he did. But um, um, I, what we got was just as well. And it made sense because we need to make these uh, these uh, these uh, big tech companies feel some pain before they go extinct. So in other words, we're not just going to let them go extinct with quantum Internet. Right. We're not just going to let them fade into the sunset and live off their lives off of the billions of dollars that they made off of all of us. But we're going to make them pay. We're going to bleed them out a little bit and then they can go and become obsolete. Anyways, okay, let me see what else we got here. Uh, la, 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 la. How are these channels? How are these channels going to handle the truth? It will be interesting how clever these liars will be. Uh, yes, indeed, uh, Pamela Roll. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'd have to look around to see what we were talking about at that instance uh, to know for a fact. Uh, let's see here, Wayfair. <laughs> Wayfair selling $900 file cabinets for $15,000, but Hunter selling his art to pay for other services too. And again, how much do you want to bet that the big guy is going to get a cut of that? I'm sure that that is absolutely something that is in the works. And, you know, I've heard a bunch of people talking about that already, you know, like on the on the shows and the reports talking about we don't know who's going to be buying that th those pieces of artwork. You know, we won't know until post sale. Uh, and at the same time, we don't know if it's like, you know, it's it's a, that's a good, smart way to launder money. If you think about it, you know, it's a very good, smart way to launder money. It's like a book deal. It's like a website where you can just kind of launder the money for the people who've been doing work for you. And then you can kind of just, you know, other agents who are working with the same people can just keep funneling money at them. Very, very smart way to launder money. Very smart way. Okay, let's see how else we got going on here. Da, 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 da. Um, rolling down, rolling down. I could see the chat from this side going up and down and up and down. Christina Fontana was also in the house. Good to have you joining us, Christina. Um, let's see here. Christina's back in Minnesota. So welcome back to the to go, welcome back to the continental United States of America. Tam Growl was in the house. Good to have you, Tam Growl. Uh, let's see, moving right along, da dung, da dung. We are all footloose and fancy free, right? Uh, Posse for Hope was also in the house yesterday. Uh, 
as well as, let's see, Pamarol, what do we have to say here? They have completely violated our constitution. Our lawmakers just call them and tell them to block our brave patriots. That's Pamela Roll. Yeah, I don't doubt that they do that. They probably have some of us on their caller IDs, on their call blocks, right? <laughs> this is just blatant crimes against humanity disguised as disinformation to cover for the commie bastards, says Tam Grell. What were we talking about when that was going on? Uh, let's see. I wonder if we'll find out Zuckerbucks uh, is really a droid. Uh, that would be an interesting. That would be an interesting find. Looking up, you know, what if what if they actually had uh, a Zuckerbucks android go before the Senate? You know, like model like I don't know five point or ten point something that we haven't seen here publicly, but it really exists. That would be interesting. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. One, two, three. SKG was also in the house. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. Texas gals. Like a bucks looks empty. Nothing is in his eyes at all. He could be a droid for sure. Blonde blue lady Q was also in the house yesterday. All right, just doing a little bit of that chat recap from yesteryears, <laughs> from days since past. Vinny 1776, 65, 1765 in the house says, if big tech Dems wasn't worried about Trump lawsuit, why are they crying about which state? Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed, they certainly are. Uh, <laughs> Nick Walls was in the house. I didn't see you yesterday, Nick Walls. How you doing, sir? He's not here now, but I just thought I'd say how you doing anyways. I don't know. Is he here now? I haven't looked into the chat for today yet since about, I don't know, 10 minutes ago. So it's I'll come, I'll, I will return my attention to today's chat in just a sec, guys. I promise you. You guys know how it works here. Um, let's see. Two Rivers. Who shot Ashley Babbitt? He said in the head. He did not say she was killed. But this fox clown said fatally shot. You, you know, and the thing about it, uh, Two Rivers is I had heard that she was shot in the thigh, not even in the head. Uh, but I don't have any other intel on that. Uh, for That's for sure. I just remember whenever I was in D.C., I ran into like uh, this trio of young men who were just like so excited. And uh, they had actually uh, been inside the Capitol and uh, they had taken a picture of a picture of a man who took a picture of Ashley Babbitt, uh, but it was like an action picture, so it was blurred. So you couldn't see anything def defined uh, of, of her other than like maybe like an appendage and blood. Uh, but you couldn't tell if it was a leg or an arm or where the puddle was coming from. Uh, let's see here. What else do we got? Uh, we also had Deborah Erdman in the house. How's it going, Deborah? Glad to have you with us yesterday. The Texan was in the house. Philly Q was in the house. Trump just dispelled the Pence angle by saying Democrat. I think I missed that one. Philly Q, if you're in the house, expand. Uh, let's see here. Uh, poor Patriots. Pray for these poor Patriots arrested. Yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous that they have hunted down and arrested so many um, Americans uh, in connection to the uh, January 6th false flag riots. Two Rivers asks why, because the communists are running things and no one's ready for a civil war yet. We're having a civilized war at the moment. It's called an information war. 
Uh, let's see here. The speak and easy was in the house. Blonde Blue League, Hugh says he is, uh, he said he hired the tobacco attorneys because they win. Hope he's right. Maybe he's just trying to open people's eyes. Seize the day 9-11 was also in the house. Uh, let's see here. Nick Wall says, what's going to happen that we need a space force? Are we going to be invaded by aliens? These questions and more. <laughs> well, Nick, uh, part of this thing, from what I understand with Space Force, uh, was that President Trump needed a new, um, uh, I guess a new sector in the army or the military, uh, because from what I understand, and I need to dig up on this again, that under certain charters and agreements and, you know, signatures and stuff like that, um, the United Nations basically controls a lot of the armed forces. And again, these are under treaties and things like I need to look this up. If you guys know what I'm talking about, or if you've heard about this, go ahead and drop any info in the chat and I will look it up. Uh, but from what I understand, like, like maybe like the, the national guard and maybe certain divisions of the armed forces would end up falling under UN control. And then also of course, uh, because they've all been ensnared or entangled into the globalists plans for so long, you know, you have your, your generals and you have your people at the top who are actually working against uh, the constitution and the state uh, the, uh, the United States of America. But with space force, he was able to have a totally separate autonomous division in the, in the, in the military under the armed services branch. And so that was kind of part of that. So, I mean, and I'm not saying, and I'm sure, you know, that they will also take care of any space invaders. But to this point, have we seen any military spaceships that can go out there and pew, 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 you know, fight at aliens? No, we haven't seen that. So I don't know. Um, but but I think that it had more to do with those uh, ideas than it did with actually defending us from an intergalactic foe. That's not to say that an intergalactic foe will not appear someday. Um, let's see here. Uh, huh. You guys had some pretty interesting combos yesterday. Uh, one guy has been beaten so bad. Okay, so Pamela Roll's talking about uh, uh, the, uh, the political captives over there in Washington, D.C. Um, let's see. What else we got? What else we got? What else we got? Excal Sherry Pittsburgh. Hope Hunter's baby mama gets a chunk of his new income. Ha! Yeah, I mean, Sherry Pittsburgh, uh, from what I understand, he owes her, he owes her some money. Uh, <laughs> uh, president Trump lost a billion dollars for being our president. Yeah, he lost money. He's the first probably politician not to make money while being in office. Uh-huh. Castle Drummer, that's a new name. Clearly his answer is yes, that he'll run again. It was, if no, if... It was no, he would have said so. He just can't confirm it, it seems like, right? He just, oh, okay, everyone's vomiting in the chat. So that was probably when that, uh, oh, that's when the Ronna McDaniels picture. Sorry, guys, I told you I show these people sometimes. We have to know thy enemy's face, right? Uh, yeah, yep. Mitt Romney is uh, the uncle of Ronna McDaniels. Sure is. <laughs> Uh, uh, that's fun. Napkinator79 gifting a phone. Rhino season. Take the tusk. I like that. That's a really good one right there. Um, <laughs> Rona, what a disturbing name in these times. 
<laughs> Rona McDaniels is a disease of the uh, Republican Party. That's a good one, Just V. Good one. You, you, you're, you're a smart one there, Miss Just V. Uh, let's see. Uh, shenanigans, shenanigans, shenanigans. Deborah Erdman's also. That's how they launder money. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, we'll be moving along, moving along. Uh, they need to throw Cheney out of the GOP, but they won't. Spineless rhinos. Yeah, she's got to go. They're just waiting for her base to vote her out. We'll see how that happens. Oh, Christina Fontana. I eat pizza and drink wine, too, when I'm at the airport. Fun stuff. Mm-hmm. 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 You guys did great. David Sloan was in the house. Rick Roller 1 was in the house. All right. We got a lot of people in the house yesterday. <laughs> okay, moving right along, and we're almost at the bottom, almost at the bottom. <laughs> oh, it's funny. You guys are hilarious. Okay. All right. Well, we're just going to squeeze it on down, squeeze it on down, squeeze it on. Speaking easy. Oh, Gary Flesner was in the house yesterday also. Missed you, Gary Flesner. Thanks for popping in. Hope your toes are doing well. Okay. All right. And I think that was it for the rest of the chat. We had also um, a gold pill can by 123SKG. Thank you for that. And last but not leastly, the Speaking Easy gifting a can as well. And uh, Vic Giles gifting shades uh, for the 411 on Trump. Most definitely. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I think that wraps up yesterday's chat. Boy, you guys were going, you guys were going buck wild yesterday. Oh, wait, we also had Smalls, Tennessee in the house. Ziana was also in the house. Let's see. I hope I'm not missing anyone. I think we got everyone. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Fun chat for yesterday, to be sure. Fun chat for yesterday. Now. Before we get too far long into today's report, because we've got a lot of news today to cover. Well, let's just say we have enough news, but a lot of stuff, a lot of content. Uh, let's see. We got a uh, service dog mom, just the weaponized truth looking up in the house. Freedom's not free. Thank you for the gold pill cookie. Uh, looking up, keeping busy. The Texan Texas Bear 77 popped in to say bye. Uh, let's see who else we got app nine, eight, eight, nine shepherding shepherd blonde blue lady Q. Thank you for the cookie. Uh Oh, <laughs> I know what that means. Blonde blue. <laughs> uh, let's see who else we got before I speak on easy is also joining us tonight. Blonde blue lady Q cookie monster fight. Uh Oh, <laughs> uh Oh, just be with the cookie blonde blue lady Q with the cookie. All right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Blonde blue lady Q with the cookie. Snickerdoodles away, and then uh, one, two, three, uh, SKG just tossed in a can. Thank you so much, guys, for those gold pill donations. Uh-oh, sugar cookies are flying now, and also white chocolate macadamia from Blonde Blue ADQ. Yum. You guys know my cookies. Keeping busy. Uh, just feast throwing in a cookie. Ooh, a lemon drop cookie. That's a new one. Making the scene there. A Blonde Blue ADQ Hershey Kiss Thumbprint. <laughs> cookie. That sounds good. That sounds good. I'll have to try that. And then a double chocolate from Just V. Thank you all for the cook. Oh, joy for Trump. 
a molasses cookie. All right. And a ginger snap. I'm getting all kinds of cookies to fill my cookie jars today, guys. Uh, Pennsylvania Ann or PN is in the house. Sonia JHC is in the house as well. Uh, we also have PJ Zwernik or Zwerink. Sorry, PJ. PJ Zwerink. Um, as well as say, uh, Seize the Day 911. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Good to see you again. Pilled by the Rabbit as well as in the house. And Blonde Blue ADQ not giving up on those cookies. Uh, her dad's favorite cookie, fruitcake cookies. I have never heard of a fruitcake cookie before, Blonde Blue Lady Q. You know, actually, I'll be 100% honest with you guys. I've never even tried a fruitcake before. Are they as bad as they say they are? I don't know. Anyways, okay. Just be with another Sandy's cookie. Oh, yes. And then a raspberry filled thumbprints. Sounds good. Coco Scott is in the house as well. And uh, I hope you guys are ready to get going. Oh, my goodness. There's still cookies going. <laughs> Outrageous cookies, chocolates, pinwheels, cookies, joy for Trump and <laughs> blonde blue and just be. <laughs> okay. And let me see here. Am I almost? Oh, I'm not even near the bottom. Oh, my goodness. S Boxer is in the house. Dolphin 72 is in the house. Uh, Bill Tech is in the house. Posse for Hope is throwing a cookie. Podesta Brothers and politicians use are to launder money. Oh, you know, Posse for Hope. That's something I had not even thought about. They do that, don't they? They have gross artwork. That's some, That's a missing link right there if you ask me. I wouldn't be surprised if they're the ones who brokered this art dealer for, you know, Hunter Biden. Peanut butter, no bakes. I've never had that before. Uh, Coco Scott is also gifting a cookie. Just in case you guys are wondering what's up with the cookies. Sometimes we get into food fights here at the Sea Report in the Sea Chat. So don't, <laughs> don't mind any, don't mind them. Uh, let's see. Oh, who's this? Thycray. Welcome, Thycray. And thank you for tossing your cookie today. <laughs> transitions to greatness oh my goodness okay let me get here oh you guys you guys <laughs> y'all are still going uh let's see here blonde blue uh big willies in the house hey big willie good to have you along with us uh during the daytime hours sir uh and let me see here we're almost there Classical Chick, how are you doing, Classical Chick? Deborah Erdman, good to see you again. We were talking about you a little bit earlier, Miss Deborah Erdman, if you weren't in the house. Dragon Energy 45, okay. I think I got everybody. I think I got everybody. So with that said, and thank you all for filling up my cookie jar, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, man, I don't want to go into diabetic shock, but, you know, it happens. Oh, 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 I do like shrimp. <laughs> Blonde Blue Lady Q, starting to throw shrimp. Uh, this is a, a food fight that uh, I could see it slowly uh, accumulating here. But okay, ladies and gentlemen, time to get serious. Time to get into the... Uh, <laughs> hey, Foxy. Ah, <laughs> I'm getting distracted. Time to get into today's shows, guys. Time to get into today's shows. Sausage cake sounds dirty. <laughs> David Sloan. I've never had a sausage cake before, honestly, but I do like sausage and I do like cake. Anyways, okay, let's get into today's show. We got a lot of news to cover today, or like I said, uh, enough news with plenty of coverage on it. But as always, President Trump does lead at the Sea Report. So let's go ahead. And now President Trump has been on a fireball of statements as of late. 
pardon me. So let's see what our dear president has to say today. He's got quite a few statements, not as many as yesterday. If you guys remember yesterday, oh boy, he had a lot of things to say, but it's always good to hear what he's got to say. He's, he always says things that need to be said. So in our first statement from President Trump, President Trump says the drug cartels are making hundreds of millions of dollars under Joe Biden and the Biden administration. They cannot believe their lurk. Oh, wait. <laughs> lurk. I'm sorry. They cannot believe their luck. They struck gold under Trump. They were just about in the process of almost giving up. It was a hard way to make a dollar. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, you guys saw it when if you guys were watching that uh, on the border special that President Trump did. Right. Trump on the border. And uh, man, I was very much surprised at some of the detail that um, we were hearing from ICE and, and uh, other Border Patrol agents that were talking about exactly what they're dealing with. Um, and, and like I said, Kamala Harris would never have survived that type of um, that type of uh, uh, meeting with anyone by any means. Uh, they probably she probably would have gotten bored, and they probably would have called her out. Next statement from President Trump: Big demonstrations are breaking out in Cuba and Miami in protest of the communist Cuban government. Although today they, there are zero protesters in Cuba, you know what that means? Okay, now that's what scares me. Today, there are zero protesters in Cuba. Okay, because we are actually going to cover Cuba at the end of the show today. And uh, I mean, you guys heard that they cut their internet. So if there are no, in, if there are zero protesters in Cuba, um, that means we're going through right now. I don't think that the people would have just quieted down after what, two or three days? And uh, decided that it was okay. You know, we, we took a couple of knocks on the head and a couple of bullets in the legs. And now we're just going to go back home and we're going to live with our communist nation. You know, we're going to live under this dictatorship. That's not what's going on there, I'm sure. Uh, so that's very scary, actually. Anyways, let me finish this statement. It says, don't forget that Biden and the Democrats campaigned on reversing my very tough stance on Cuba. Remember, when Obama attended baseball games with Castro's, he was there with Raul Castro, uh, while they imprisoned, beat, and killed the Cuban people, I stand with the Cuban people 100% in their fight for freedom. The government must let them speak and be free. Joe Biden must stand up to the communist regime or history will remember. The Cuban people deserve freedom and human rights. They are not afraid. No tienes uh, miedo. Mierdo is what they would say in Cuba. Now, just as a quick recap on this whole, because we're going to talk about Cuba. We're, we're really just going to kind of recap what's going on. And I got a lot of footage for you guys. Uh, but um, with Cuba and in regards to this whole thing with President, uh, then President, blah, could he be called President Select Obama? Or do you think people enough, do you think he won by fraud? Or do you think enough people legitimately wanted to have a black president? So they just jumped on the bandwagon. That is a good question. But um, uh, when he's talking about Cuba, uh, Obama hanging out with the Castros, 
there was actually this report from Breitbart that had talked about how in early December, the last year of the Obama administration, they had reported that Obama's normalization policy with Castro and Cuba actually put Cuba in motion to have over 10,000 politically motivated arrests that year. So while things might have seemed peaceful between America and Cuba during uh, Obama's administration, it seems like what may have really been going on there is that uh, America was turning a blind eye towards um, what Cuba was doing to their people under their communist regime. Uh, the report added that the Cuban Commission for Human Rights and National Reconciliation, which is an NGO, a non-governmental organization that is on the island of Cuba, had documented 359 politically motivated or arbitrary detentions of political dissidents alone, adding to the 9,484 arrests that had already been made so far in that year alone. And earlier in the year, Obama and his family had attended an exhibition ball game, baseball game between the Cuban national team and the Tampa Bay Rays in Cuba. When Obama and Castro arrived in the stadium in Havana, the crowd cheered. The two also did the wave at one point before the game and uh, uh, with them and the Cuban attendees. But while Trump was in office, uh, Cuba had logged fewer political arrests uh, where Obama had uh, north of 10,000, uh, Trump had 3,157 documented detentions the entire time Trump was in office. Now, that, that number of 10,000, that was, what, in 2016. So clearly Trump was not going to be allowing our neighbors to the very close south to be performing those types of things on their people. So very interesting statement, but we will return to Cuba at the end of uh, today's episode. Now, next statement from President Trump. Hopefully American, uh, hopefully American Republican patriots will primary the Rhino state senators in Michigan who refuse to properly look into the election irregularities and fraud, which took place in Detroit and much of the rest of Wayne County in the 2020 presidential election. The challengers will have great, powerful MAGA support. They are now seeing the extent of what took place in the 2020 presidential election scam. Watch Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and more. And we will most definitely touch on, um, are we talking about Michigan today? I think we are. I think we are. We'll see. I can't remember. Uh, statement. Uh, Donald Trump says, four years ago, a man named Ed Gillespie ran for governor of Virginia without embracing MAGA or America First Movement. He tried to skirt the issue by wanting my endorsement, yet walking, walking on both sides of the fence. The Trump base is very large in Virginia. They understand his game and they didn't come out for Gillespie, nor did I do anything to help or hurt. He got creamed. Now a great candidate... Glenn Youngkin is running against political hack and the unpopular former governor of Virginia, Terry McAuffle. Glenn has a very good chance of winning, but watch the vote counters in Virginia. As in 2020 presidential election scam has proven, they can be far more important than the candidate. So, yes, we'll see. I don't think Babs is in the House today, but if Babs were, 
she'd probably bow her head a little bit because uh, she's got some scoop on this Glenn Youngkin guy. But again, uh, Trump seems to be doubling down because this is like the second statement that he's mentioned Glenn Youngkin and him being in support of Glenn Youngkin. So we just have to hope that Glenn is who he professes to be. And it seems that he is a constitutional minded America first person. But we shall see, ladies and gentlemen, we shall see. All right. Next statement from President Trump. U.S. attorney from the Eastern District of Pennsylvania was uh, precluded from investigating election fraud allegations. Outrageous. Okay, so we talked about that a little bit yesterday. Of course, if you all were watching President Trump's speech at CPAC on Sunday, he went, uh, you know, he gave a little he gave a little bit of time to talking about Bill Barr, you know, and so sorry, I didn't have any espresso today, guys. And so. You know, he was talking about how Bill Barr had actually sent directive over to a United States attorney in the state of Pennsylvania, telling him not telling him not uh, to um, uh, investigate for election fraud. So we actually have that statement now. He released it earlier today. Let's go ahead and take a look at it. Now, this is uh, from William McSwain, uh, a letter that he wrote to President Trump where he um, informed him about what William Barr had done. William Barr had done it, what William Barr said, and how he stopped him from actually running uh, um, an investigation into election fraud. So uh, let me go ahead and expand it a little bit more. It says, Dear President Trump, It was my great honor to serve as U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of Pennsylvania in your administration. You asked me how to you asked me to prioritize public safety, and that is exactly what I did. While Larry Krasner, the radical leftist Philadelphia District Attorney, was letting violent crimes go and refusing to prosecute rioters, looters, and arsonists, our office was putting them in jail and standing up for law-abiding citizens. In the spring of 2020, I prosecuted and won an election fraud case against a judge of elections in South Philadelphia who was stuffing the ballot box. I also charged the political consultant, a former Democrat congressman, who was paying bribes to the judge to stuff the ballot box. That's crazy, guys. President Trump, you were right to be upset about the way the Democrat ran the 2020 election in Pennsylvania. It was a partisan disgrace. The governor, the secretary of the Commonwealth, and the partisan state Supreme Court made up their own rules and did not follow the law. Even worse, the state attorney general, Josh Shapiro, the very person responsible for the enforcement of state election law, declared days before Election Day that you could not win the election. It would be hard to imagine a more irresponsible statement by a law enforcement officer, especially during a hotly contested election. In light of such statements, it is hardly surprising that many Pennsylvanians lack faith in our state's election results. On Election Day and afterwards, our office received various allegations of voter fraud and election irregularities. As part of my responsibilities as U.S. Attorney, I wanted to be transparent with the public and, of course, investigate fully any allegations. Attorney General Barr, Billiam Barr, the B-2 booby bomber himself, however instructed me not to make any public statements or put out any press releases regarding possible election irregularities. I also give, I was also given a directive to pass along serious allegations to the state attorney general for investigation. 
the same state attorney general who had already declared that you could not win. I disagreed with that decision, but those were my orders. As a Marine infantry officer, I was trained to follow the chain of command and to respect the orders of my superiors, even when I disagree with them. Mr. President, public service is in my blood, and I would like to serve the people of Pennsylvania and restore conservative leadership to our state. I will be the Republican candidate for governor with the best chance to win the general election in November 2022. Based on my background and experience, I am uniquely positioned to defeat Mr. Shapiro, the likely Democrat candidate, and would welcome the chance to discuss this with you in person. I would be honored to have your support. Once elected governor, one of my first priorities will be to modernize Pennsylvania's election process and protect the right of all Pennsylvania citizens to cast a legitimate vote. That means no ballot harvesting, undated ballots, unsigned ballots, ballots collected after election day other than legitimate military and overseas absentee ballots, obstacles to poll watchers observing the counting of ballots, different rules in different counties, and of course, no ballot stuffing of the kind that I previously prosecuted. It also means responsible voter ID legislation. Ensuring people's confidence in elections should be a nonpartisan issue. In short, we have a responsibility to make it easy to vote, but hard, if not impossible, to cheat. That is how we respect the will of the people and how the best and the most deserving candidates win. Thank you for your consideration, and I hope to see you soon. And that is signed, William McSwain, former United States Attorney, Eastern District of Pennsylvania. Now, that is quite a letter, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, kudos to this gentleman. Now, if that's what he was fighting for as a DA, uh, we will see, uh, or U.S. Attorney, I apologize. We will see, uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes for... Uh, Mr. McSwain there, but that sounds pretty good to me. And that's exactly now this guy was giving uh, President Trump the scoop on what Barr had been doing. Now, like I had said, what I had heard about Barr is he was slowing down all of the paperwork for Trump and he was fast tracking all of the paperwork for Biden, uh, executive orders included. That's where I lost my trust for Barr. Um, but then, of course, when he said that there was no proof or evidence of uh, you know, um, election fraud, I was like, well, kind of makes sense since this is what I'm hearing about him, that he would not stand on the side of the people, the Constitution, or their will. Uh, let's see here. Next statement from President Trump. Uh, let's see. It's, uh, Republicans in the U.S. Senate must not in any way, shape, or form increase taxes that were won in the Trump tax cut the largest in the history of our country. It's what made our economy grow and great. Democrats want major tax increases to pay for their fake infrastructure bill, where over 90% of the money goes to the ridiculous Green New Deal nonsense, which will destroy our economy. The tax cuts were a great achievement of the Trump administration and the Republican Party. More importantly, they were a great victory for our nation. Do not increase them one penny. Republicans must learn to fight these vicious, radical left Democrats 
who are destroying lives and destroying our country. Kind of makes you wonder if they're starting to get ready to do that, right? Because this is the second statement in two days that President Trump has made in regards to his tax cuts. We know they were the greatest tax cuts in the history of the United States of America. I don't think, and, and along with the deregulation, that just gave more to it. You know what I mean? So um, we'll see what happens. It's like it's almost like he knows that they're about to make a move, if you know what I mean. And so that's why he keeps pressing that issue. And also, I'm sure that if there is need for him to, you know, run again in 2024 or what have you, uh, it'll be fresh on the mind of the people. But uh, we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. All right. Next statement from President Trump. Joe Biden is going to Pennsylvania today in a rush in order to stop the forensic audit that the Pennsylvania Republican Senate is in the process of doing. Philadelphia was a cesspool of corruption, which will soon be revealed by the audit. Why are they so concerned that a president who never goes anywhere would hop onto beautiful Air Force Schwann <laughs> and head to Philadelphia if it were an honest election? Why not let the audit go forward and make everybody on both sides happy? The results will be the results, but they know it was not an honest election. Philadelphia was one of the most corrupt cities in the country. And so is Detroit. And so is Milwaukee. And so is Atlanta. And Pittsburgh. And Oakland. And Baltimore. If you guys out there are in the Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Oakland, Baltimore, Milwaukee area... He's kind of throwing you guys a bone and letting you know that they, if he can say that, they definitely have something there. Corruption has gone on for years, but in the 2020 presidential election scam with the mail-in ballots and the use of COVID to cheat, corruption reached new levels. Remember the poll watchers being thrown out, the windows being sealed so nobody could look in, the ballot drops, and all of the other events that took place that changed so rapidly the big Trump win on election night. Joe said, wait, Joe should say, go forward with this, with all of these audits. His visit is a joke. He doesn't need to visit. All he needs to do is let them do an audit and find out what happened. Who knows? Maybe they'll say the election was on the up and up and many people would be shocked. Let the audit go forward like it is in Arizona, despite 107 Democrat lawyers trying to stop it and failing. Let the forensic audit go, Joe. Don't fight it. Show them how honest it was. Oh, the shade of it all, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the shade of it all. That's, you know, that's pretty good, President Trump. That's pretty good. I'm pretty satisfied with that statement. I'm pretty sad, sa satisfied with that communication there. Um, I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit. Joe did stop into Pennsylvania. We're not going to play any of his videos or his gaffes, uh, but he did stop in there to Pennsylvania. <laughs> uh, last statement from President Trump. Biden just said, <laughs> he stole my thunder. Biden just said 150 people voted in the 2020 presidential election scam on the assumption that he meant 150 million people. And based on the fact that I got 75 million people 
75 million plus, 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 that would mean that Biden got 75 million votes, which is 6 million votes less than what they said they got. So what is this all about? Are they already conceding 6 million votes? Actually, President Trump, what I was thinking there is maybe Biden knew that he only got 150 votes in Pennsylvania. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. But uh, yeah, they might be conceding uh, 6 million votes there. That, for a fact, my friends, is quite funny. Quite, quite funny. All right, that wraps up our uh, news from uh, the desk of President Trump, his statements. We'll bring them to you when we got them. But now, guys, we're going to go into some more news. So we're gonna, we're actually going to do uh, – we're going to touch lightly on some audit information, and we're moving along, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <clears throat> so let's talk a little bit about Arizona first. First of all, uh, here's what's going on in Arizona. I'm sparing you guys – the uh, photo of Katie Schnobbs, Secretary of Snakes. This is who we're talking about in this one. Now, Katie Schnobbs over there in the state of Arizona, you know that she's been trying and trying and trying and, and just, you know, she's been working as hard as she can for George Soros to stop the election audits in Arizona. She's made her appearances on CNN. She's made her appearances on MSDNC. She's, she's to the point of tears now. You know, the last big whop that she could take to them was uh, calling them out for having them count the votes. Uh, weigh the votes, I apologize. Weigh the ballots. They're like, yep, they had to weigh the ballots, so uh, they must not really have counted them. This must be a pretty big old fraud. It. Well, Katie Schnobbs in a perfect world where Secretary of Snakes can get away with the treason that they have been uh, uh, finagled into, that might have worked. Anyways, so she found another way. Okay, so now what Katie Schnobbs is saying is that she wants uh, Arizona State's uh, Attorney General, uh, you all know him as A.G. Bronovich, the uh, man who finally woke up and then went back to sleep, right? Okay, well, that dude over there, uh, she's asking for A.G. Bronovich to investigate President Trump and Rudy Giuliani at all into possibly trying to coerce or control the elections in Arizona. That's right. So uh, what she's saying here is that President Trump and his allies broke the law when they tried to pressure Maricopa County officials to intervene in election certification and counting efforts during the 2020 presidential election. Now, we all know because we listened to the phone call between Secretary of Snakes Brad Raffensperger over in Georgia and President Trump, that President Trump was making the rounds on the phone that night, you know, trying to, maybe he thought he was uh, fortifying the resolve of these Republican leaders in their states, just to like, you know, to cheer them on, give them a little pep talk, say, hey, I know it looks bad. I know CNN and Fox News have called the state for you, but we have all this evidence of fraud. So maybe you should just toe the line and declare the fraud and stop the count or, you know, whatever it is that they were in the process, right? Well, apparently, uh, President Trump also called up people in Arizona to talk with them. Now, according to this letter, it says that there were phone calls and texts from President Trump from his lawyer, uh, Rudy Giuliani, and also Republican chairwoman, you know her, you love her, 
Dr. Kelly Ward. So even in the 2020 election, Dr. Kelly Ward was involved working with Giuliani and Trump. I think that's pretty interesting to note, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and it says that, uh, again, uh, Katie Schnobbs is declaring foul and is saying that they violated state laws and that they basically committed a felony because they tried to uh, to get involved and to, uh, you know, pressure the Maricopa County election officials. So she sent a little letter over to A.G. Branovich. This is the letter here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to actually also expand that so you guys can see it. Woo! Okay. And then we'll expand that a little bit more. We'll see what A.G. Uh, AG we'll see what uh, Karen Schnobbs had to say to A.G. Branovich. Okay. Um, it says here, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, this was sent via email from Katie Schnobbs' Secretary of State's uh, Snake's desk. Um, and she sent this actually just on the 7th of this month. It says, Re, we need you to stop counting records, details, intense efforts by Trump allies to uh, support, uh, to pressure Maricopa County supervisors. Attorney General Bronovich. I write you today to urge you. Just kidding. I'm not going to read it in her voice. I write you today to urge you to investigate and take appropriate enforcement action against potential violations of Arizona's election laws that were recently reported by the Arizona Republic. As you know, you are charged by statute to enforce the provisions of Title 16 in Arizona. Any person who knowingly interferes in any manner with an officer of such election in the dis discharge of the officer's duty or who induces an officer of an election or officer whose duty is to ascertain, announce, or declare the results of such election, to violate or refuse to comply with the officer's duty or any law regulating the election has violated Title 16 and is guilty of a Class 5 felony. As detailed by the Republic, a number of individuals, including Kelly Ward, Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, and former President Donald Trump, attempted to make contact with Maricopa supervisors as ballot tabulation proceeded. A number of these attempted contacts were successful and involved clear efforts to induce supervisors to refuse to comply with their duties. For example, on November 7th, Kelly Ward told the chairman of the board of supervisors that we need you to stop the counting. A clear reference to the board's statutory uh, duty to direct all proceedings at the counting center. Miss Ward later told the chairman of the board of supervisors, I know you don't want to be remembered as the guy. As the guy what? <laughs> Sorry, guys. As the guy. Oh, let me expand that for you all. I apologize. Oh, yay. Okay, so it does that. I know you don't want to remember as the guy who led the charge to certify a fraudulent election, presumably to convince him not to fulfill the board's statutory duty to canvass the election. These are just two of the concerning statements included in the Republic's reporting. This reporting was based on an extensive review of public records to aid in your investigation. I have already obtained the relevant records and will provide them in their entirety at your request. The reporting also includes firsthand statements from the targets of this potential crime. As you said just last week, 
Fair elections are the cornerstone of our republic, and they start with rational laws that protect both the right to vote and the accuracy of the results. Arizona law protects election officials from those who would seek to interfere with their sacred duties to ascertain and certify the will of the voters. At the polling place, this law protects the right to vote. At the counting center, it protects the accuracy of results, free from political interference. But what protection exists for officials who fulfill their duties despite threats of political retribution if their person empowered to enforce the law is unwilling to do the same? I urge you to take action, not only to seek justice in this instance, but to prevent future attempts to interfere with the integrity of our elections. If your ethical duties prevent you from investigating this matter, I ask that you refer it to another enforcement agency. Right, 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 Katie Schnobs. Boy, Someone, she must have gotten a hold of a new lawyer or something like that because all of a sudden she's all she's all vigor and vim, right? Like some probably George Soros called her up and was like, "Okay, Katie, you're doing such a terrible job over here. Here, let me bail you out with this." She couldn't come up with that before. Anyways, so all right, guys. Now, what I'm thinking on this, honestly. Is A.G. Bronovich going to act on this? Is he going to slow walk it like, you know, Maricopa County and the rest of the Democrats have been doing with everything as far as litigating and getting the processes and um, subpoenas out to the Senate? What is A.G. Bronovich going to do? You know, what do you guys think he's going to do? So I'm, I'm kind of thinking like, if indeed he were to do an investigation of this, the most appropriate thing to do would be to allow the audit information to come out first to see if this is even, you know, this this is even valid, you know? Like if there was if there was known fraud and they were reporting it in Arizona, I mean, come on, we all saw the video. We saw people fighting over at the precincts and the counting centers. You know, we saw we saw all of that stuff that was going on. Then all of this will be invalid, you know, like there will be no reason to have this uh, you know, it's just like the uh, the Trump impeachment, like everything was invalid based on an invalid document. So every move moving forward, even if it was something that was, you know, not uh, by the letter of the law or, you know, dots, uh, dots, uh, I's dotted and uh, T's crossed. Like even if that were the case back then, you know, during the impeachment trials, uh, anything moving after that would be invalid. So I think, you know, I don't know what you're going to do, Bronovich, but, you know, if you're if you're going to move on this, you need to go back to sleep, my friend. Okay, so, you know, again here, Hobbs is saying that Kelly Ward told Maricopa County Supervisor, the guy's name is Clint Hickman, and Clint Hickman is actually the one who's featured in the article by the Republic over there in Arizona. Uh, He was the chair of Board of Supervisors at the time. Uh, and like it said, like she said, she alleged Kelly Ward had allegedly told her to stop counting. You know, and uh, Hobbs also said that she had obtained records that would provide and she would provide them to Bronovich to aid in his investigation. But Mr. Hickman actually declined an interview 
Uh, and this, uh, let me see, where was this from? This was actually from the Epoch Times. So he declined an interview with the Epoch Times at that time. But what he had said is that he did not, well, what he told the Republic is that he did not want to speak to President Trump because he thought the he thought the 45th president would try to pressure him into changing election results. Um, and that he was worried that communicating with President Trump um, um, who called the Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, again, we talked about that, um, would possibly uh, be improper. So he was a uh, saving face there for President Trump, I guess, is what he's trying to say. But now um, uh, 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 we'll see how that goes through. I mean, will they act accordingly? Will, what will Branovich do? Um, will, he get, will he buy them time? Will he wait until the audit information comes out? Uh, according to Steve Bannon on the War Room, he reportedly said that Karen Fan, who is the uh, Arizona State Senate president, president, he said on his show today that Karen Fan would be sending a letter of discrepancy to Maricopa County in ten days. In ten days, ladies and gentlemen, what is this letter of discrepancy? Is it going to be all the ballot counts, all the ballot information, all the fraud that they found, all of the not fraud that they found? We don't know. We'll play it cool like President Trump, right? But um, at the same time, <clears throat> maybe this uh, letter of discrepancy that Karen's sending out in 10 days, maybe that is uh, 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 to follow up on the whole fact that they have not handed over any of the subpoenaed materials. We don't know, ladies and gentlemen, but we will most definitely find out shortly. All right, let's hop on over to Georgia because we had some pretty good stuff going on in Georgia today. Now, Garland Favorito has been all over this in Georgia, you know, and you, you guys have to keep in mind, Garland Favorito is a very soft-spoken el, el, elder man. He's an elder man, right? He's a very soft-spoken elder man. Um, but, uh, you know, he didn't vote for Trump. Actually, he's not hes not for Trump at all. But what he is, is he is for election integrity in the state of Georgia. So Garland Favorito has been going back and forth, taking small victories as they were whenever they come his way and celebrating them and moving forward with a silver lining and I would say, you know, a hop in his step. You know, Garland Favorito. That's the way I want to be when I get his age. I just hope that my voice is not as worn out. Now, Garland Favorito, who is heading up Voter Georgia, Voter GA, actually held a press conference today, this morning, over in the state of Georgia. Never let it be said that nothing's going on in uh, your, <laughs> your neck of the woods. Um, okay, but at this press conference, ladies and gentlemen, Garland Favorito actually unleashed, he unveiled new voter fraud, election fraud information. He had, uh, he had more information, ladies and gentlemen. Let's take a look at the document first. Um, okay, so this is from Voter GA. Again, Garland Favorito's outfit. I'm going to go ahead and expand that. Sorry, guys, I told you I got a lot of information for you guys tonight. So we're going to get through this. Okay, Voter GA. Okay, so let's go ahead and expand that. Now, this is from Garland Favorito. This is in regards to the press conference. This is a press release he, he um, issued today uh, with new evidence that reveals Georgia audit fraud and massive errors. Now, not to take that away from you guys, but you guys know 
we've covered that here at the Sea Report, you know, um, as it's been covered in other places, uh, how um, there was just massive amounts of irregularities, fraud and errors. And it was all recorded. It was all recorded by Brad Raffensperger's lawyer's panty boy, Jordan, uh, whoo, not Jordan, my bad. Sorry, Jordan Connerson. <laughs> Conrad Jones. Yeah, my bad. No, I like Jordan Conradson. Anyways, okay. So anyways, let, let's just read this press release. Sorry, guys. Okay, it says here. Um, it says, uh, new evidence reveals Georgia audit fraud and massive errors. Petitioners in a lawsuit organized by Voter GA uh, to inspect Fulton County ballots have added stunning claims in their amended complaint and provided new evidence from public records that show Fulton County's hand count audit of the November 3rd, 2020 election was riddled with massive errors and provable fraud. Now, mind you guys, at this point, Mr. Favorito has not been able to access to get a higher resolution scan of the ballots in question. That's still on the the that's still on the back burner as per uh, the judge over there that had uh, you know changed his mind basically. All they wanted to do was take high resolution scans of these ballots. The judge said yes. The county filed some lawsuits. The judge said not yet. And so that's what they're still waiting on. They're expecting to get in there at the end of this month. But ahead of the end of the month, Garland Favorito has found some new evidence. Man, this man is working wonders over there in Georgia. Okay, it says, uh, let's see. Uh, most new allegations and evidence are based on voter GA data team's analysis of Fulton County's November 2020 mail-in ballot images made public after petitioners won a court order on April 13th and voter GA lobbying efforts led the Georgia General Assembly to make all images public under open records request beginning March 25th. The team's analysis revealed that 923 of 15, uh, 1,539 mail-in ballot batch files contained votes incorrectly reported in Fulton County's official November 3rd, 2020 results. These inaccuracies are due to discrepancies in votes for Donald Trump, Joe Biden, and totals votes cast compared to their reported audit totals for respective batches. Thus, the error reporting rate in Fulton County's uh, hand count audit is a whopping 60%. 60%, ladies and gentlemen. They did that based off of a sample of ballots because back on March 25th, the judge gave them access. Now, based on the scans that they took of the ballots back on March 25th, they were able to determine this information. What they were not able to do is look at images of the ballots that were a high enough quality to, deter to determine whether or not they were fraudulent. Like, were they Xerox copied? Were they folded? So they couldn't determine that based on the scans that they did. But they found this information out based on the scans that they were allowed to have. So they have been working, ladies and gentlemen, regardless of how they've gotten stopped up in the judicial and litigation in the state of Georgia, in the city of Atlanta, in the county of Fulton. They were able to determine that 60 percent of that sample batch was all done wrong. Errors of reporting. And if it was in that sample of 1539 ballots. Can you imagine what the rest of the county, what the rest of the state must look like?
The press release continues. One type of error discovered involved duplicate results reporting for batches of ballots. The team found at least 36 batches of mail-in ballots with 4,255 total extra votes were redundantly added into Fulton County audit results for the November election. These illicit votes include 3,390 extra votes for Joe Biden, 865 extra votes for Donald Trump, and 43 extra votes for Joe Jurgensen. All I have to say when I think I, I 4,255 extra votes. Do you guys remember Ruby Freeman? Do you guys remember Wanda Shea? Do you guys remember Rudy Jones? These are the guys that were reported by Brad Raffensperg's, uh, you know, uh, attorney's call boy uh, in his notes of that night that he had seen them triple and double stuffing ballots and they have them on video. Could possibly all of these extra votes have come from that? Questions abound. But it is not simply a case of errors. The voter GA team found seven falsified audit tally sheets containing fabricated vote totals for their respective batches. For example, a batch containing 59 actual ballot images for Joe Biden, 42 for Donald Trump, and zero for Joe Jorgensen was reported as 100 for Biden and zero for Trump. The seven batches of ballot images with 554 votes for Joe Biden, 140 votes for Donald Trump, and 11 votes for Joe Jurgensen had tally sheets in the audit falsified to show 850 votes for Biden, zero votes for Trump, and zero votes for Joe Jurgensen. Fulton County failed to include over 100,000 tally sheets including more than 50,000 from mail-in ballots when the results were originally published for the full hand recount audit conducted by the Office of the Secretary of Snakes on November 3rd, 2020 election. Those tally sheets remained missing until late February when the county supplemented their original audit results. Petitioners contend the Fulton County that Fulton County did not provide drop box transfer forms for at least three pickup days when obligated to do so via an open records request. Those missing forms are still needed to provide chain of custody proof for about 5,000 ballots. The voter GA data team also found over 200 Fulton County mail-in ballot images containing votes not included in the hand count audit results for the November election. All of these anomalies are now included in the Fulton County ballot lawsuit as additional counts of how the equal protection and due process constitutional rights of Georgia voters were violated. It's getting hot and heavy over there in the state of Georgia, my friends. And um, this is why I'm saying, y'all, maybe Georgia will be the state that does not even have an audit. They just go ahead and decertify the mother. I think that's what they need to do, honestly. Like, I'm excited, guys. Like, 
God, three cheers for, you know, voter GA and Garland Favorito for staying on it. Talk about the tortoise beating the hare. This guy speaks slower than the mountains breathe, and yet he is still all over them and just busting out information after interview. You know, when the truth is there, when the light needs to be shined, it will be, you know, and it will shine forth. I mean, here it is. Through the grace of Garland Favorito, we see that happening. All right, now. Just so you guys can get an example of how soft-spoken Mr. Favorito is, <laughs> we're going to play a couple of interviews with him real quick. So you guys can get uh, the one-on-one -on -one with what is going on there in Georgia. And uh, it's not coming from my mouth. You don't got to take my word for it evidence of fraud in the 2020 election. Uh, Garland, give us a little quick update on what this press conference is all about. This press conference, Heather and Steve, is all about the audit and the flaws in the audit. There was a massive error rate. Uh, we believe it's well over 50 percent, close to actually about 60 percent in the actual information. But in addition to that, there is uh, fraud in the tally sheets. We have found uh, a, a lot of falsified tally sheets, or at least uh, over half a dozen. And these are tally sheets that say that uh, 100 votes for Biden, zero for Trump. 200 votes for Biden, zero for Trump. And when you actually look at the ballot images, they don't correspond to what the tally sheets say. And that was the information that was published in the audit that uh, was conducted by the Secretary of State in Fulton County. So those are just a couple of the things. We've also found a lot of uh, duplicate um, uh, reporting uh, that could be duplicate scans. We, you know, some we know are, but uh, we're still investigating a lot of this. And then there's all other kinds of errors as well. There are ballots without uh, uh, certified results. There's certified results without ballots and so on. And then we have lack of chain of custody forms for about 5,000 more ballots. I'm missing three days of those. So it's a variety of information that uh, we'll be presenting today as, as quickly as possible. Okay. I know, real quick, um, just for Steve yeah. here. Go ahead. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead, Heather. So I was going to say, like, because this is fraud, fraud is a crime. Are these, is this information yes. being turned over to, to authorities and could we see arrests made? Well, this is a civil matter at this time. Uh, it's not a criminal matter. So what we're, our objective is just to get the information out from a civil perspective and then we'll see where it goes after after that. And that's been one of the issues here in Georgia is that there is all of this issues and authorities aren't looking into it, Steve. Yeah, Heather, let me just ask a question. This is your point. Garland, here's what I don't get. CDM media had the broken story this morning. Heather's there. You got this press conference. And when I go through this, it's so overwhelming because there's so many different aspects. Hey, look, you've had John Frederick Radio Network, you had Michael Patrick Leahy and the Georgia Star, you've got Heather and Real America's Voice, you've got the great work done, even the Federalists, even the Federalists, there's no supporter of Trump. But when you look at your thing, this was laborious, it took detail, it took attention to detail, it took you to grind, and you've been at this when people have been mocking you and doing it in a great patriotic work, you're nonpartisan. This is so obvious when you look at this stuff. Why was this not Roffensperger and these guys for months and months and months and months on 60 Minutes, on MSNBC, on CNN have gone on and just said none of this happened. And when I sit there, none of your stuff like blows me away of how, but it, it's obviously blows me away that it's there, but nobody's talked about it or nobody had the common DC to do the work. Why are we in this position today? when Republican authorities oversaw Fulton County and all these other counties. Why are we here today, sir? 
I mean, uh, you know, Garland has been saying the same thing that I did, right? Raffensperger hasn't really responded to any of this stuff. In fact, you know, when you look at the Carter Jones report, he hired a private investigator to cover Georgia in Fulton County specifically. And then this guy detailed several problems in Fulton County that Garland's group is looking into. And then but like it just completely ignored that, Steve, and sent a letter to Congress on January 6th saying his office investigated all claims of fraud and they found nothing and encouraged them to certify the election after his own investigator came and said, look at all these problems in Fulton County. Garland, what's your take? How has Raffensperger responded to, you know, all your findings? So, so just to clarify, this, all the information we're presenting today is public record. Anybody can do yes. what we have done, our, our data team, and find the same results that we have found. But the Secretary of State's office, uh, particularly Brad Ravensburger and the Fulton County, have had this information for six months. They've had this information, so there's nothing new. We've only gotten it uh, in the last uh, couple of months because of the public ballot images have been made uh, uh, I'm sorry, ballot images have been made public due to our lobbying efforts with the legislature in this past session and with Senate Bill 202. As a result of that, we got uh, access to this um, information as well as a court order that we won a couple months ago. So this information, though, has been available to the election yeah. officials for a long, long time prior to that, and they have sat on it, and I believe they've covered it up. Okay, this is the Heather's point. we got to bounce, but Heather, your point's the point. This is all a civil matter now. This has got to change to a criminal matter, okay? We need a criminal investigation of Roethlisberger and Kemp and the entire apparatus down there and the Fulton County. I know they got one going in Fulton County already. That's, by the way, this is why the guys in Fulton County hired the top defense lawyers down there, right? The guy that got the Ravens football player, Ray Lewis, off. This is why they've hired recurrent yeah, criminal attention. Yeah. This is a... This is a cover-up of immense proportion, and we're going to get to the bottom of it. we got to bounce. Garland, you're a patriot and a hero. Heather, great work. We'll return to you guys at 11 o'clock. Thank you very much. Help. Okay, so there you go. That was just one of them. We're going to play another one here in just a second where they're talking about, uh, um, I mean, from taking it from a civil to a criminal matter. Um, and then you go, there's Garland Favorito. Of course, we've heard from him a lot of time. So like what we're going to do now is we're going to play the next. Now, the next clip that we're going to show, actually, uh, they actually talk about the fraud. Let me go ahead and get that on screen for you guys. Sorry about that. Oh. Pardon me. Hey, there we go. Okay. So, because again, they had this press conference live today. Um, it was about 10 a.m. Uh, Central Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, now, um, now there was an interesting comment I had seen here. I think it was Tanya Keel had mentioned that uh, um, Frank over at NBC had actually played uh, all of that. Well, you know, actually, there were about what? There were about six hearings that took place in December, January. Most of them were in December. Uh, some of them were in January. Uh, where this is where President Trump and his, uh, well, not him, him, not he himself. Now, President Trump actually called in to the hearing at Pennsylvania, but his legal team, including Rudy Giuliani, it was like in six states. We had him in like in Nevada. We had him in Pennsylvania. We had him in Georgia. We had them in Michigan. And I think in Wisconsin, uh, in those six states, they actually held hearings where they 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 um, they laid out all of the information. They had they had cyber tech people coming in. They had mathematicians coming in. They had all the people witnessing to the affidavits that they signed. Now these hearings were all like what. 
three, four, five, six hours long. I know a lot of people missed them. I sat through about three or four of them and watched them. And I've actually thought about airing those here on the C report because you know if you guys were to go back and see those hearings uh you would find out that everything that we've been reporting on and everything that we've been sharing and everything that the gateway pundits been sharing everything that just the news that bannon's war room that the epoch times everything that all of these news outlets have been sharing with you guys was all laid out in those hearings back in November, 2020, or sorry, December, 2020, January, 2021. Like all of this information is not new information per se, but a lot of these new developments are, but it is also important to me to make sure that we stay on top of this because that was Judy, that was Giuliani's team. That was Trump's lawyer team that was presenting all of this information, right? But it took the work of the people to actually bring this to the surface because what did they do in all of those instances yes all of this information has been available since trump's hearings back in you know november december 2020 january 2021 all of this has been there you know any of us could have picked up the torch and be like hey this is what trump said let's go and investigate it how many of us did none of us did but it's okay because people were working behind the scenes and people were getting it done and it was gonna take the people they had Obama-appointed judges overseeing all of these hearings. They were dismissed. They had rhinos hiding in the Senate, you know, listening to these hearings. And what did these rhinos do? Nothing. They did absolutely nothing. So anyways, uh, maybe we will play those hearings. There's about five or six of them that they did. I thought I've talked about it before. I've talked about it before, but maybe we'll, we will do that again. But as per what's going on now, like this information this is the people winning. This is something that's worth talking about and bringing to the forefront because the people are the ones who are making this work. They cannot dismiss these cases, even though the judge in Antrim County successfully dismissed it on some way crazy technicality. But because uh, basically the judge of Antrim County, who didn't even consider the evidence, was like, oh, we can't arrest anyone for this. How's that going to satisfy you? I mean, come on, Judge in Antrim County. He could have. They could have moved on it, and they could have done something more with it. But no one has had the guts, or everyone has sold out to actually move this into a criminal case. To Steve Bannon's point, it needs to become a criminal case. That's what we're gearing up for in Arizona, ladies and gentlemen. We're gearing up for Arizona to turn this from a civil case into a criminal case. And we'll see with the evidence that they provide whether or not they can do that. Now, in regards to what Garland Favorito has found, and we're about to see it here now in this upcoming clip, um, what we're about to see here now is that can they improve intent in the fraud that's where it's going to get kind of crazy because can they improve can they prove that these ballot tally sheets were filled out with intent of defrauding you know uh the american people and president trump from his uh presidency now i would say based on the notes that were given to Brad Roffensperger's attorney, uh, what was his name, Ryan something or other, um, that since they knew it was happening, they knew there was broken chain of custody, they knew that people were there to FS up, they knew that things were not going well and that they it was just out of control, and yet Brad still went ahead and certified, 
I'm willing to bet that they could probably use that because after all, he certified an election without a dually, um, um, a dual investigation, you know, a dually, uh, I was going to say a dually elected investigation without a proper investigation before certifying it, you know, and, and all of the other shenanigans that go around it is kind of what I'd say, but we'll see what happens. In the meantime, let's see Garland uh, explain a little bit about what he's talking about with the tally sheets. They're talking about that in this clip here. We got tons of vaccine stuff. We got to get to. We're gonna to get to that at five o'clock tonight. We're gonna to try to get back to Georgia at the end of the press conference with Heather Mullins. War room pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War room pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, go to mypillow.com, promo code WARROOM. You got the two-inch topper. The sale's not going to last forever. As low as $99.99, hey. two-inch topper. Oh, it's Mike it Lindell. It will turn your sleep from a quasi-good night's sleep to a great night's sleep. You need that to take action, action, action to save your country, okay? want to turn now, talk about saving the country. Patriots, Garland Favorito down in uh, Roswell, Georgia. We're going to go live to Real America's Voice. Heather Mullins, Heather, the press conference just ended. Take it away, ma'am. Now of fraud in the 2020 election. I'm here with Garland and we're going to actually show it to you. Garland, why don't you tell us a little bit, tell them what exactly are we seeing behind us here? You know, so what we're looking at, Heather and Steve, are talent sheets that were the auditors for the Georgia audit that was conducted on November 14th and 15th in Fulton County. They filled these out as they counted the ballots. And typically you would see uh, 37 to 43, 60. To one to 48, something like that. But here we have tally sheets that are 100 to nothing for ballots. So somebody filled this out. But it's not just one of these. We have a seven of these, and we're going to kind of scroll through and show you these live. There's another one, 100 to nothing. The actual counts of these are like 5942 in terms of ballot images. Here's one that's 150 to nothing. Yeah, so basically every the people that were filling doing the audit would count the batches and then write in fraudulent numbers because they have the corresponding images for these batches and they do not match these sheets. So whoever was doing them commit fraud. And what I had asked him in the press conference is, are these sheets signed by the person that doing them? And apparently they are, Steve. And not only that, the Secretary of State has the information. These sheets that they got, it's redacted. So they can't determine who was doing this, but we know that whoever did commit fraud. Now I want to switch over to the images of the ballots, right? These ballot images that they obtained through their lawsuit that are the official images from the Dominion machines, two different ballots right here, right? This is the ballot number, the batch or the ballot number here, different from here. But as you can see, it's the exact same markings steve on each one and garland tell me how many of these did you guys find well there are a total there are a total of duplicate reporting of over four thousand. uh we're still looking at to ask to find out how many of these are duplicate scanned um the one thing i wanted to mention though before we left the tally sheets was that those tally sheets are actually what was reported in the Secretary of State's audit results. That's why those tally sheets are important. So, um, 
Yeah, that's what we're looking at. Um, and thanks to uh, oh, hold on. Heather, 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 hang on, hang, Heather, hang over a second. So how did how did he with those tally sheets being where they are, and they know who signed up? How can how could they have certified the election? Ask him that. Yeah. So so Steve, um, now what they did was they published the audit results, but the audit results were used to certify the election, the original election results. So you see all these uh, pretty obviously fraudulent numbers in there. And how do you use that to verify the original results that you certify? Even if you didn't certify the audit, you publish the results and use it for verification purposes. It doesn't add up. Well, and here's the other thing, Steve, right? The Carter Jones report, the investigator that Brad Raffensperger's office hired to look at how Fulton County ran their election from the November 2nd to November 7th, described Fulton County as chaos. Even had a report in there saying one guy deliberately said he was going to mess things up, but he used a not so not so appropriate word. Um, and that this guy was concerned about that, that there were people potentially saying that they're going to what commit fraud. Uh, and then Ravensburger had this information and then chose to let Fulton County audit themselves. OK, here's the thing. Garland, Garland, I'm now in Heather Mullins camp. I understand civil. You're going through a civil procedure because you're not for profit. I'm in Heather Mullins camp. Where's the where's a local attorney? prosecutor where's the federal government where's the u.s attorneys where's the attorney general of the, of the state where where's kemp on this why is it not a, why is it not this afternoon the beginning of a criminal investigation sir okay so that's a great question steve now the question is who would you trust to investigate uh, and that's criminally uh, you certainly wouldn't trust uh, i think the uh, district attorneys in georgia being down here uh, nor would you trust the Inspector General's Office of the Secretary of State. Uh, so that leaves you with the grand juries. So the only way to legitimately uh, prosecute this, once it's determined that it is, it is in fact, uh, fraud, as it appears to be, would be to basically get this evidence uh, with you know, our own attorneys to a grand jury. That way, uh, there's nobody blocking you. That's, that's what has to happen, not just in Georgia, but I believe it really has to happen all throughout America, because this same problem of blocking Amen. criminal investigations is going on elsewhere. Okay. And I just want to point out question. one last Let thing for you, yeah, Steve. This spreadsheet, go ahead. Yep. this spreadsheet behind here has about 40,000 line items, right, that compares the numbers from yep. the original election okay. to the recount. The error rate yep. on that, they said, was 59.5%. Let that sink in. Yeah, I think 59. Okay, hang on. To be exact. So. <laughs> I got to ask one last, one last, only got a minute. I got to ask this question. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Georgia yeah, Public Broadcasting, and Rachel Maddow, what are they going to say tonight about this press conference? How are they going to mock and ridicule you guys? What's going to be their take on it? Well, uh, in Georgia Public Broadcasting, AJC, I'll speak for those two down here. We've actually done fact checks on them for false information that they put out about us, um, and they are up on voterj.org's uh, news tab. Uh, they they have put, put out uh, some tremendously false information saying that we were our case was done and we haven't lost a single count so far. They've said that there's no election fraud. They are uh, trying to destroy, I believe personally, uh, maliciously destroy our our credibility, our success, and our fundraising efforts to damage us. I think it's intentional. I think they're in the pocket of the Secretary of State's office based on the reporting and 
Um, that's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, and my opinion is that people that put out garbage, stop listening to them, because we're putting out great stuff on Real America's Voice that we don't need to give our time and attention to people like AJC, CNN, Washington Post anymore, because they make money off us through ad revenue. So stop paying attention to them and start watching Real America's Voice, because that's where we're going to get the truth. Heather Mullins, you are on fire. Okay, fantastic wrap-up. Great uh, press conference. You guys are warriors down there. We're going to be back at 5 o'clock. Breaking news. We're Heather Mullins back on at 5 o'clock. Uh, okay, guys. So, yeah, as you see, so Rachel Maddow would have said they have to prove intent. <laughs> I got some of you guys. Yeah, obstruction says looking up uh, should be enough to prove intent. And then, of course, we had Texas gal saying, prove intent. Yeah, I mean, in my simple mind, I think that that's the way these uh, these simple crooks <laughs> would think. So, but I mean, you know, I mean, the re and another reason why I went there is because, um, you know, they could say that this is limited just to Fulton County. They could say this is limited just to the state of Georgia. But uh, indeed... When you look at the big picture and you see exactly how widespread this was, um, it's pretty obvious that, yes, it was much more than simple, a simple mistake. You know, obviously this was being done intentionally, uh, uh, but they just got to figure out then. They just got to figure out then who done it because they don't make anyone sign the names. They don't make anyone, you know, put a signature on who it was that wrote what. So you also got to think about that, too. But who can be prosecuted? I believe the Secretary of Snakes can be prosecuted and any of his henchmen, uh, because most definitely he certified that crud. He certified it. He let it happen. So anyways, guys, that's news from Georgia. That is uh, and you, uh, you can see Bannon's pushing. He's pushing and he's pushing for this to go criminal and it needs to indeed. All right. Before we get into our next story, because we're heading over to Pennsylvania next. Uh, just want to thank 123SKG, Sean Joe, Posse for Hope and Jukani for the cookies, uh, for throwing into the cookie jar tonight. Donations are always appreciated. All right. Now let's go ahead and get on to what's going on in Pennsylvania. So, okay. Now, uh, just as we read in President Trump's um statement today about joe biden and about you know him going down everyone heard about it like all of a sudden uh you know joe biden has to hop on air force two i mean you know whatever whatever air force he's riding in right now and he has to go and say something now i don't know how they would figure that the democrats or anyone in pennsylvania would care to hear from this guy like how would any of them figure they even care like i mean what is him and his ineptitude going down there to talk about election fraud going to do for anything, anything that's going to rile up the people of Pennsylvania even more, right? I would think so. I would be riled up if the guy who came and stole my election came down here to fight for election security. It's bunk. Okay, it's total bunk, ladies and gentlemen. So anyways, so, uh, okay, and now in the light of all of that, as you, and all, as you all know, Senator Doug Mastriano did, in fact, initiate a forensic audit in at least three counties, and uh, he's requested uh, materials. He subpoenaed them for it, so this way they can go ahead and start getting that to give them a battle plan on how they're going to do, how they're going to comply, and all that stuff. And then you have the Secretary of Snakes of the Commonwealth over there telling them that they should not, they, that they will not be handing over, they will not comply with the Senate, uh, they will not comply with the committee, that they should not be handing over 
with their materials, that they cannot be working with people who want to do third-party audits, and then threatening them uh, with taking away their election materials and not uh, reimbursing them or giving them money. So basically putting them in a, in a tough situation, right? How unpatriotic, how un-American. Uh, and that's what is wrong with the National Association of Secretary of Snakes, I ask you. What is wrong with the National Association of Secretary of Snakes? And can someone blow the lid off on these people? Because clearly these people are corrupt as the day is long uh, during the summer solstice or something like that. But, okay, so in Pennsylvania, we have all that going down. We have uh, Senator Mastriano. Uh, 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 <laughs> sorry, we have him laying the smack down, telling them to pound sand, that they're going to go ahead and they're going to continue with this. Well, also, with much fortune, we have a letter from Senate President Jack Corman. Senate President Jack Corman, he supports an audit over there in the Keystone State, that is the state of Pennsylvania. And so he sent a letter out in this regard. So we'll talk about this real quick. Now, this is about, well, basically he says that, uh, you know, the legislature has clear constitutional and legal authority to oversee an audit and also to issue subpoena for election materials. So, all right. So, you know, the players are starting to line up in Pennsylvania. We're starting to see who's going to be pro and who's going to be uh, anti-audit. And, uh, well, I mean, I'm sure once the dust settles, we'll find out exactly who the uh, unseen bad guys are, just like we did in the state of Michigan. Like, who would have guessed that there were so many rhinos in the state of Michigan? Who would have guessed that the Senate was so corrupt in the state of Michigan? Like, through these uh, wheelings and dealings, we all see the light is shined shown down on the people uh, that need to be exposed. So let's see what uh, Senator Doug, uh, so Doug, what Senator, uh, Senate President Jack Corman had to say. Uh, in a statement, it says, Senate President Pro Tempore uh, Jack Corman um, issued the following statement today in response to a directive issued by the Department of State that orders counties not to allow for a review of electronic voting systems. It says, the Department uh, of State's directive is an attack on the General Assembly's power to review, investigate, and legislate in matters within its legislative authority, which includes Pennsylvania's election system. The legislature has clear authority, both statutorily and constitutionally, to provide oversight and issue subpoenas. This directive tramples those rights which were specifically put in place to prevent potential abuses and overreach by the executive branch. This action is another troubling example of the Wolf administration weaponizing and politicizing the agency that is directly responsible for overseeing free and fair elections. This sort of partnership from an agency that is supposed to be neutral, a neutral arbiter is the reason why most Pennsylvanians lack faith in our election system and it underscores the need for the kind of real and meaningful election reform that the governor continues to deny the citizens of our Commonwealth. This is deeply partisan directive calls into question the ability of the acting secretary to serve as a neutral arbiter on election matters, which will be a key consideration when the Senate considers her nomination in the fall. 
So this woman's already fallen from grace as the acting Secretary of Snakes of the Commonwealth over there in the state of Pennsylvania. I find that rather amusing, actually, uh, that that is the case. Um, but, I mean, she's going to make her bed. She's definitely going to lie in it. Uh, let me see. Oh, sorry, guys. I'm getting a little caught up over here. Where am I at? Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so uh, in addition to that going on, of course, uh, like I said, we had Joe Biden, illegitimate Joe himself, stopping into the state of Pennsylvania to try and get um, to try and uh, rouse the troops, I guess, rile them up, you know, to, to get he was trying to give him a pep talk. To, I guess I'm so, he's just saying it's another big lie. You know, I'm surprised he didn't say that he was the big liar, the big liar. Uh, you know, he said only 150 people voted in uh, the election. Uh, and I don't know if that was a Freudian flip by any uh, nature, um, but also uh, Senator Mastriano, Doug Mastriano, the man himself who'd requested uh, the meet with this, uh, uh, the uh, initiation of this forensic audit in the state of Pennsylvania. He requested a conference with President Joe Biden, President Select, I should say. And um, well, needless to say, there's no news on that front, ladies and gentlemen. So it doesn't look like uh, illegitimate Joe uh, was up to meeting Doug Mastriano on the battlefield when it came to election security in the state of Pennsylvania. So that's a quick recap over there on uh, what's going on with some election audits now. We're going to stay on some election news, but this next story is going to have to do with election integrity. Now, ladies and gentlemen, whoops. Here at the Sea Report, we uh, <laughs> we haven't delegated too much news to the state of Texas lately. After all, we do have Lone Star News that we're doing every Saturday with myself and the Texan, where we dedicate at least an hour of our time to Texas news and to Texas current events. For those of you who are interested, make sure you tune in to the Mr. C channel um, and you can uh, most definitely hop along with us for the ride. Uh, but this story was just a little bit too big. Now, okay, I we had some news to cover on Lone Star News this past Sunday, but uh, CPAC was in town and we had to, uh, we had to give our, uh, um, our dual, duly uh, respectable, we, we got to respect the man, okay? Like if President Trump is speaking in Texas, and it's on the day of our show. We're running it on Lone Star News. Well, we'll be on Saturday this upcoming week. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> it certainly seems that President Trump might be live again on Saturday. He's a weekend warrior, that man is. Uh, he may be live again on Saturday at uh, in Arizona for a uh, um, election integrity rally in Arizona. So we'll probably be covering that on Saturday as well. So if you're in the audience, Texan, get ready for it. So anyways, this is why I had to talk about this story today. This was a big old breaking story. This story stinks to high heaven. The Democrats have gone AWOL in the state of Texas. And man, that are they in trouble? Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what's going on in Texas. Now, I know you all probably heard about this. Okay, so we are covering a little bit of Texas news tonight. We had, uh, at the, uh, the count I got was 58. I think it might have been, yeah, about 58 Democrats uh, from the House state legislature in Texas decided to bail on Governor Abbott's special session 
Okay. Uh, and, and we'll, well, the special session, you know, we were going to, we, they were, we were going to be talking about some new laws and some new, uh, some, some uh, things that they missed during the regular, um, the regular um, legislative session. Right. So we had these guys bail. They bailed. They totally bailed. Now they staged a walkout whenever they were starting to do the commence, the voting and all that stuff on voter integrity laws. But now since they're in special session, an election integrity was on the agenda in order for them to go ahead and, uh, you know, try and block the vote, to try and stifle any type of legislation, just stop it dead in its tracks. It's a you know, hard stop, right? The Democrats figured, well, we're going to go ahead and we're going to run away to Washington, D.C., right? So that's what they decided to do. Um, basically, they decided to skip out on their duties as elected officials. They decided to waste Texas taxpayer money. They decided to totally disregard what the people want because they know that they cannot uh, stop this this legislation from moving forward. Like it's a House controlled Senate and uh, um, um, Senate and um, uh, represent House. Yeah, House. It's a Republican controlled House and Senate. My, my bad. So they know that they can't move forward with this. So anyways, uh, there was someone who was mighty happy with this. Let's see what this uh, let's see what what the hell Harris had to say. Uh, yeah, I apologize for bringing her on the screen, but uh, she had something to say. In fact, I won't even give her the whole screen. How about that? I do want to first start by uh, making a statement about the, the legislators in Texas who are showing extraordinary courage and commitment. I met with them when many of them traveled to Washington, D.C. We sat down and had an extensive conversation in the Roosevelt Room in the White House. And I applaud their standing for the rights of all Americans and all Texans to express their voice through their vote unencumbered. Um, I will say that, that they, are, um, they are leaders who are marching in the past that so many others before did, when they fought and many died for our right to vote. I do want to first... Okay. What the hell, Harris? Okay. So I'm, you know, there's a lot, I have a lot of speculation about what the hell Harris and the Texas Democrats were talking about whenever they were together in the Roosevelt room. She sounds like she's whining every time she talks. Like I just can't stand it. Um, anyways, so, um, you know, basically I could picture it going down something like this. She's like, we need you to do anything that you can to stop this election integrity law passing in the state of Texas, you know, because they have no way of flipping Texas blue or even turning it purple in 2022 or beyond if these laws pass. Okay. That's my uh, kind of first assessment on that. But apparently she met with all of them already in a special meeting that they had. So let me get her off the screen. Start by oh my God! She came back. Hold on. The legislators in Texas who are shown. Okay. That's much better. Sorry about that, guys. I didn't want to hear her voice again. Okay, so uh, that's the story, Morning Glory, when it comes to what was going on. That's a, so Harris was proud of them, right? Okay, but that's not going to work out much to the benefit of these Democrats. At least I don't think so, because under the Texas Constitution, 
lawmakers risk arrest by fleeing during a special legislative session. Now, what they're trying to avoid, like I said, was House Bill 3 and Senate Bill 1. This is for election integrity, okay? And uh, they, they took off on private jets and they left to Washington, D.C., now, uh, we had a report, it was what, from NBC News, it said, uh, with Republican-backed voting bills moving rapidly through a special session of the state legislature, Texas Democrats are planning to make a break for it again. So it says at least 58, it was at least 58 of them took off, they flew the coup, and they decided to go hang out in Washington, D.C. Uh, there's a little bit of information on that, we're not going to cover all of it, uh, but this was actually confirmed. Uh, by Texas Democrat Party Chair Gilberto Inaosa on Monday, and he had released a statement that said, today by breaking quorum to block Governor Greg Abbott's attack on voters, Texas Democrats are making history. So in their head, they think that it's okay to waste, you know, Texas taxpayer money. They think it's okay to not do the job they were elected for. They want to, they want to, they want to like what? They want the grandstands like SJW, like they're in the civil rights revolution. Like, no, I mean, that just, no, it's, it's, no. Okay. So he says after Abbott dragged lawmakers, basically he's saying governor Abbott dragged us back to make us do our job. Right. He says um, he, after Abbott dragged us back to the Capitol for his suppression session. Because again, according to them, these voting laws are voting suppression, right? He says Democrats are fighting back with everything they've got. And apparently all they got is to run away with their tails tucked between their legs. Now here's a photo. I'm sure all of you guys have seen some of these photos circulating around the interwebs. Now, all of these Democrats, right, all of these SJW, social justice warrior, Democrats, progressives, Marxists who believe that, you know, COVID is going to kill you and get your vaccine, all stuffed together. And actually, this is one of two private jets, all stuffed together, smiling like they did something really good for the people, right? They all stuffed together in little jets with no masks. So, I mean, everyone's pointing out their hypocrisy at the same time, you know, that wasn't the only one. Where's the other one? Is this it? Oh, I'm up here because <laughs> we ain't gonna get to that. Oh, is this next? <laughs> oh man. Oh, I oh, I don't have the picture of the of them in the bus. A lot of people there. Uh, some people suffered some flack. Oh, here it is. Okay, here's the bus one. <laughs> Let me take this off. They all got into the bus. I used to walk around downtown Austin all the time. I know exactly where this is. It's on the west end of the Capitol building. They're in their nice wood paneled bus. They're in their nice wood floor bus. All of them stuffed together again. Look at this SJW right here. Do you see her? Look at her. Me, SJW. Okay. There's their Miller Lite. Okay. So they all stuffed together in the bus. Like, I mean, they think they're doing the most brilliant thing for the people of Texas. It makes no sense, ladies and gentlemen. I hope they get into so much trouble. Okay, so let me go ahead and, uh, yeah, we got that one. Let's play this. Okay, so we'll get this ready. She's coming up. <laughs> hey, quiet, you. You ain't ready yet. I didn't give you permission just yet, lady. Okay, so anyways, they took off on their private just now, but they are fighting back. Now, um, we're not going to... We're not going to watch the embarrassing moment that they all decided to sing. We will not comply. Or what is that? That old song that 
we will we will survive or they don't sing Gloria Gaynor. I can't remember what song it is. But uh, anyways, we're not going to play that embarrassing moment. But uh, this one woman here, I didn't get her name. She doesn't represent me. I could tell you that for sure. This is what she says. Listen to her. And I'm up here because I don't plan to be a sitting person in that legislature. I'm not going to be a sitting. And then she looks around. She looks around and she's like, help me out here, guys. I don't know what I'm planning to say. Oh, my God. I'm not. A, I'm not. I'm not going to be a hostage. And I'm. A they're ridiculous, guys. These people are ridiculous. Okay, so uh, I think I had another video here. Let me see. Up here because I don't plan to be a sitting. Oh no, person it's, it's, in that legislature, honey. I'm not going to be, honey. A sitting. Your time is over. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, okay. This woman here. Okay, so yeah, the Democrats are fighting back. Now, a lot of them are saying that, uh, you know, they can't get arrested, that there's no way that they can be arrested. Um, um, so this one here, this one here, I do have a name for you on this one. Uh, this one's name is Sephraniah Thompson. Okay. Oh, no, I take it back. I take it back. I take it back. The lady that we just saw, that's not a sitting hostage. That was Sephraniah Thompson. I did have her name. My bad. The one that we have on the screen here, this woman's name is Jasmine Crockett. Okay. Jasmine Crockett represents District 100 in Dallas, Texas. Okay. And this is what she had to say. She said, I don't worry, probably because I know the law and the governor knows the law as well. I'm a criminal defense lawyer. And so I understand that. I've not committed a crime, so I can't get arrested. So saith Jasmine Crockett, who did not also admit that she's probably a millennial as well, and she has no idea what the... I know the law! Uh, do you know Texas constitutional law, my friend? Because I don't think you do. She says, I am not worried about the threat of being arrested. The most that can happen is that when we, is that we can be detained which is why we got out of the state. The governor of Texas has no jurisdiction outside of the state of Texas, along with the Texas Department of Public Safety. Okay, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. But before we get into that, let me tell you what they were fighting against in the state of Texas. Again, these 58 Democrats left the state and really, they should just be forced to resign. Honestly, they should just be forced to resign. They should just, they have totally uh, uh, abdicated their duty to the people of Texas. They have totally just thrown in the towel. They've told them, you know what? We don't care that you elected for us. We're not going to pursue the will of the people. Okay. I mean, they just need to be totally removed. Like they just need to be re not recalled, just removed. Like somehow we got to remove these guys. So uh, the the uh, the voting the voting uh, integrity laws that they were trying to pass in the Texas legislature. This is what these people are trying to stop from happening in the state of Texas. The Texas bills, uh, what they would have done, they would have pushed back. Uh, it would push back against what were supposed to be temporary expedients during the pandemic. So they would take away drive-through voting and 24-hour voting marathons. 
Texas democracy was healthy and robust prior to these emerging innovations, right? Emergency innovations. Um, in many counties, it would extend the daily minimum time for early voting by one hour. It would explicitly forbid election officials implementing practices not contemplated under the state's election statutes. Um, it would, uh, in certain circumstances, um, it, uh, it require employers to give employees time off to go to vote. It would require voters to write a driver's license number or other identifier on absentee ballots matching the existing voter ID requirements for registering to vote and voting in person. It would ban public officials from sending out unsolicited mail-in ballots, a common sense provision to keep ex excess ballots from floating around. Um, and it would also, uh, let's see, it would also mandate that all voting systems have a paper trail on or before 2026 without, with a funding incentive for counties to comply early. Uh, the measures would also grant more power to poll watchers by giving them more access inside poll polling areas while creating new penalties against election officials who restrict poll watching movements. The proposal would also allow a judge to void the outcome of an election if the number of fraudulent votes could change the result. And probably the most defensible part of the legislation for these people uh, was a provision that said that early voting on, voting on Sundays before the election can't begin until 1 p.m., which could crimp the traditional souls to the polls turnout. But as it turns out, they were not going to take that provision away. So those are just some of the common sense laws of election integrity that they're trying to pass in Texas, but these people are running scared. Uh, but as it turns out, ladies and gentlemen, these people can be arrested. Now, I've read uh, in several articles that it boils down to jurisdiction and that Texas can't send a band of rangers up on their horses and lasso them back into the state. Uh, but let's see what Governor Abbott had to say on a KVU interview real quick. Welcome back. The Texas Legislature special session came to a screeching halt today as House Democrats are once again breaking quorum to keep the voting reform bills from passing. The Democrats are flying to Washington, D.C. tonight saying, quote, we need Congress to act now to pass the For the People Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act to protect Texans and all Americans from the Trump Republicans nationwide war on democracy, end quote. Joining us now to discuss today's events is Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Governor, thank you for your time this afternoon here on KVU. Of course, my pleasure. Thank you all. Let's begin with this. Uh, does this mean there's now no way for Senate Bill 1 and House Bill 3, the election and voting reform bills, to be passed during this special session? And is there anything you as governor can do to get the Democrats back to Texas? Sure. Let me answer those questions in sequence. First, uh, there, there still remains plenty of time to pass out not just the bills that you mentioned, but there's a lot of other bills on there that I know for a fact that your viewers right now, they care a whole lot about, such as property taxes. Property taxes are sky high in the Austin area, and we have a bill to reduce those property taxes. I know that your viewers care a whole lot about uh, the children who are going through foster care. We have additional funding to provide for, for foster care, as well as for our retired teachers 
And as you know, uh, we need more law enforcement to keep our streets safe. We have funding for law enforcement in high crime areas, such as the Austin area. All of those issues are important, not just to your viewers, but for a fact, they're important to constituents of Representative Goodwin, Representative Tallarico, Representative Weiner. And so uh, if they do not return to work, they're risking losing their jobs as state representatives uh, for not showing up. Answering your second question, yes, there is something the governor can do. First, I will tell you that, that what the House of Representatives can do, the Speaker can do, is issue a call to have these members arrested. In addition to that, however, I can and I will continue to call special session after special session after special session all the way up until election next year. And so if these people want to be hanging out wherever they're hanging out on this taxpayer paid junket, they're going to have to be prepared to do it for well over a year. As soon as they come back in the state of Texas, they will be arrested. They will be cabined inside the Texas Capitol until they get their job done. Everybody who has a job must show up to do that job, just like your viewers on uh, watching right now. State representatives have that same responsibility. So, Governor, it's the time for compromise over. It sounds like you guys are ready to play hardball. But are Republicans willing to meet Democrats somewhere in the middle when it comes to election reform in Texas? So, listen, this is what I'm about to tell you is very important. And that is that there were a couple of issues uh, that not just Democrats, but even Republicans uh, wanted to achieve. And that was to make sure that the souls to the polls would still be allowed uh, to have expanded voting uh, on Sundays, as, as well as uh, not have the provision in there that would uh, overturn elections. That said, it's also important to point out that this law that we are seeking to pass adds more hours, not fewer hours, for people to vote. And so we still have the same 12 days of early voting, but more hours during that early voting. And get this, uh, we have far more hours of early voting than in the state where President Biden votes in Delaware, where they have exactly zero hours of early voting. Anyone who suggests this deprives anybody the right to vote is just simply flat out wrong. This provides more hours to vote than ever before allowed under law in the state of Texas. So, Governor, why is there why is there a need for these bills when you say that? Was there fraud involving 24-hour voting locations or mail-in ballots in the state? Has there been some widespread issues that you all have found? So you need to understand that uh, actually there is a, a federal district judge appointed by Barack Obama uh, who wrote what I'm about to tell you in a legal opinion involving voting in Texas, uh, where she wrote uh, that voter fraud occurs, quote, in abundance uh, with regard to ballot harvesting and mail-in ballots in the state of Texas. That is an Obama-appointed federal judge saying that. And that is exactly why the one issue that the legislature is focused on about uh, making uh, the, the voter election system more sound uh, does involve uh, mail-in ballots. I will add that uh, members of the Texas House of Representatives on the, the Capitol floor have said that mail-in ballot uh, situation is one that has the possibility of fraud, and that is showing that up is a way to ensure election integrity. So this is something that does have bipartisan support. Now, Governor, I know lawmakers, they're spending time on election and voting issues. You say they would have looked at things involving foster care, foster children, and property taxes. But what about the electrical grid? So many Texans say that is something that needs to be addressed right now. They want to know what's going to keep Texas from suffering another massive failure and having more Texans die because of it. 
Sure. So uh, first, uh, during the regular session, there were so many laws that were passed by the state legislature uh, that addressed uh, the, the electrical grid uh, and it empowered the Public Utilities Commission as well as ERCOT. Uh, ERCOT sent me a letter that we made public today, earlier today, that talked about these things that ERCOT is working on. ERCOT uh, has already ensured they have increased uh, electric power generation. Uh, they have increased uh, more reserves compared to last year. They're adding additional reserves uh, during uncertain weather conditions, and uh, they're in installing protocols uh, to ensure price certainty uh, during uh, weather challenges. And tomorrow, I think it is, uh, you will see that ERCOT announces 100-day plan uh, to ensure stability and certainty in the power grid in the state of Texas. Texas Governor Greg Abbott, thank you for your time this afternoon here on... Uh You see how they shifted that issue at the end of that interview to to ERCOT? I mean, it's an important issue, but we're talking about these uh, Democrats walking out. Did you also, I'm sure some of y'all noticed... Texan. I'm sure some of y'all noticed how he slyly quoted a Barack Obama appointed attorney. Uh, and he took her, I mean, I don't know, maybe he did that as a cover. I don't know. Uh, he, he took her words over, you know, this uh, Texas mail-in ballot 24 hour stuff. But he, he, and more specifically, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, who issued a $1 million reward for proof of election fraud, haven't listened to anything that Sidney Powell had to say in the data that she provided them. I'm just saying. Anyways, let's stay on this. Con- let's stay on this track, ladies and gentlemen. I don't want to get off track because you know, after all, we got <laughs> we got uh, we got one more major story to move through before we finish up tonight. Are we here in Texas? Yeah, we're still in the state of Texas. Okay, cool. So, all right. So let's talk a little bit about how these Democrats can be arrested right now. He did say when they return to the state of Texas, which means that he cannot say, again, he cannot send the Rangers out there to, uh, you know, hogtie these Democrats and bring them back down south. He can't do that. But once they're back in, uh, once they're back in stateside in Texas, you know, like uh, they may, they may be greeted they may be greeted with some handcuffs or they may be greeted somehow. So like some of these people are saying there was this one dude, uh, his name was, uh, let me see. It was Murphy. I think it was. Let me see if I can find that real quick. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Representative uh, Jim Murphy. Now he had said that the, uh, the only, they can only do this within their state. In other words, they only have the ability to arrest them within the state and that he hopes that all state legislators would be there but he doesn't think that they'll be greeted with, you know, uh, handcuffs. You know, I think that remains to be seen. Uh, the governor looked pretty ticked off <laughs> in that interview. He looked pretty mad. But now let's talk a little bit about how it is that these Democrats can be arrested. What is it within the Texas state constitution and legislature that says that? Now, uh, when the House uh, when the House convenes for special legislature, any legislative, uh, even in regular session, for example, if there's no quorum, 
meaning there's not enough people. Uh, uh, people are absent. There's not enough representatives to carry out business because it's one thing if you have an excuse like a doctor's notice or whatever, you can't be there or you're going to vote in absentia or something like that. That's different. But when you have like a whole chunk of legislators walking out, you're breaking quorum. They cannot do business as usual. It, I mean, that's just not how we run business. That's not just how we don't do things in the state of Texas. That's not how we do things in the country of America. Like we have to have the representatives of the people present to an order to do business. This is not a banana republic, even though it seems like in some states we're quickly becoming that, you know, but we can't just, oh, okay, you know, Joe's not here today. Sally's not here today. It's okay. We're going to do this theater anyways, right? And the Texas theater is bad enough as it is, as I'm, as I'm slowly finding out. But uh, so basically they need quorum in order to consider a bill, a resolution to make a motion according to House rules in the state of Texas. The motion then has to be supported by 15 members. Now, according to the House rules that were adopted at the beginning of the regular session, two-thirds of the 150-member chamber must be present to conduct business. When the House is in session, legislators can vote to lock chamber doors to prevent colleagues from leaving and can order law enforcement to track down lawmakers who have already fled. Can you, did you guys get that? According to House adopted rules, legislators can vote to lock the chamber doors. In other words, you ain't getting out until we have worked this through. They can vote to lock chamber doors to prevent their colleagues from leaving and can order law enforcement to track down lawmakers. If a quorum is not present, when the House convenes, any House member can move to make what's known as a call of the House to secure and maintain. No, oh, where's this at? Sorry. Maintain a quorum um, and to consider a certain piece of legislation, resolution or motion under these chamber rules. So the motion must be seconded by 15 members and ordered by a majority vote. If that happens, the missing Democrats will become legislative fugitives. And as, as of 5 p.m. today, ladies and gentlemen, they voted to get them on back to Texas. Okay, so um, it, it appears here that uh, uh, the gavel has been struck by Speaker Dave Fellon. Oh, well, okay, I mean, you know, he is a rhino, after all. Dave Fillon is a rhino. But uh, that is the case. And so they did move to go ahead and uh, hold these Democrats accountable for fleeing their job, for advocating their duty, for wasting taxpayer money. And, uh, and, and I, well, ladies and gentlemen, we will stay on top of that. That is for sure. But that's what was going on in the state of Texas could not wait till this weekend. Sorry, the Texan. This had to be talked about tonight. Uh, but we'll, we will definitely have more Texas news for you guys uh, this Saturday at Lone Star News. So make sure you check your local listings. But we'll, <laughs> we'll be same place, same, uh, same place, same time, different day. So yeah, Saturday is when that's going to be going down. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So that was some fun stuff. It's always fun talking about the state of Texas. Big Willie says, have the U.S. Marshals swear them in. Ooh, are we going to find another way to get them back to the state of Texas? Could be the case. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and here's for tonight, the final story for tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about Cuba and what's going on over there. Now, as I'm sure all of you guys are aware, 
And as we talked about at the head of the show, Cuba is in a state of disarray. The people have risen up in Cuba in mass protest against the communist regime. It, it, you, it would be of the Castros, but they have a president by the name of Miguel Diaz Canal, who is currently the communist leader over there. He's the head of the communist party, and he's also the president of Cuba, right? And the people are done with it. Now, we've already heard reports. When this story first broke in search engines around the world, they were saying Cuba has broken out into mass protests because of COVID-19. There's not enough vaccines out in Cuba. So thousands of people are rising up in multiple city centers and townships in the country of Cuba across all provinces to protest the government of Cuba for not having COVID-19 vaccines. We have since found out that that is total lie. It's complete fake news. And the media, the, the Biden administration, who is it? I don't know. They are basically lying about what is going on in the country of Cuba. Communists, pay attention, because this is what happens when the people stand up now um, it, it seems that it would be all, you know, it seems like it would be nothing but guns and roses over in Cuba. You have people protesting against the communists. It's a great time. It's so wonderful to see the people standing up. But there's always a reverse to that, ladies and gentlemen. And that's kind of the angle that I'm going at with this today, because people really want to know what goes on in a communist country. Well, just like we just talked about. The internet has been locked down in the country of Cuba. And because of that, ladies and gentlemen, what happened on this day, 2000, uh, Tuesday, uh, July 13th, we don't know. Like President Trump said, there are no protesters today. You know what that means. What does that mean, ladies and gentlemen? Does it mean that the protesters gave up and went home with their tails between their legs and decided not to protest? Does it mean that um, so many people were taken as political prisoners, murdered in the name of this uh, communist regime in the country of Cuba, that everyone decided not to protest anymore? Or does it mean that the world is being locked out of the atrocities that probably took place on this day Tuesday, July 13th, 2021. And that is my point. That's the scary business right there, ladies and gentlemen, that they can do this. They can virtually, they can put a virtual blackout on everything that's happening. Now, what was going on in Cuba starting on what? The 11th. So what was that Sunday, right? Fancy how all of these things happen when President Trump is giving a big speech, right? So on Sunday, the 11th, when all of this stuff broke out, we were getting images on Twitter, on Facebook, videos of the of the revolution beginning, of the uprising beginning. By Monday, ladies and gentlemen, we were getting images of all of the atrocities that were starting to be committed against the people of Cuba in the name of retaining this uh, this uh, fascist communist regime. Now, what uh, President Miguel Diaz Canal said. President Diaz-Canal blamed 
the American people. He blamed the uprising as being started in America. Someone in America said something about Cuba. And because someone in America instigated this in Cuba, the people have risen up and they're nothing but rebels. They're insurrectionists. Okay, so we hear this same story from countries in the Middle East. We hear the same story that it is insurrectionists who are standing up against XYZ country. When in fact, it is people who are fighting for their freedom. They are fighting for their lives. They are fighting because they are sick and tired of the regime that has been cast upon them, that has held them down. Okay, but we're getting fed. And this is another good narrative for people to kind of snap onto. The fact that they can lie about all of this stuff and paint a false narrative. And it's showing these people in the fake fake news, lame news, lamestream media, mainstream media, all these people, the, the mockingbird media, whatever you want to call them, the legacy media. It is showing for a fact how they work and how they clamp down on the people and the real stories that are going on out there. Now. Because as it was reported that the internet has been locked down and we really don't have any new video of what happened. Like, I'll be surprised if come tomorrow there's new video of what was going on in Cuba for us to share with you guys. I did something that I don't normally do here on the C-Report. And I started fetching some of this video. Okay, now before <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. Sorry, guys. Before we get into some of this footage... We're going to play a couple of videos. Uh, we're going to start with one that's a deep dive from the Epoch Times that kind of talks about the situation in Cuba. Just to catch you guys up, since I was, you know, on a little bit of tirade right there. But this is more of a straightforward news story here. Uh, so let's go ahead and watch this real quick. And I got a couple of other things. And then we're going to get into some of the footage of the stuff that's going on in Cuba. Because after all, ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to see any more footage out of Cuba and whatever they have on the Twitter and other things like that is probably going to be censored or erased as per the usual with the big tech company, Twitter. So let's go ahead and uh, let's go and turn our attention to this story real quick for you guys. And then we'll get into a, a, one other thing. The Surfside condo collapse alongside his wife and son. He was 80. Now, speaking of Cuba, protests erupted there over the weekend as thousands took to the streets, calling for freedom and speaking out against the communist regime. Videos on social media show demonstrations in towns and cities across the country. We are here because of the repression against the people. They are starving us to death. Havana is collapsing. We have no house. We have nothing. It comes amid reports of gas, electricity, and vaccine shortages across the country. In response, Cuba's leader blamed the protests on a foreign smear campaign from the U.S. There will be a revolutionary response. We call upon all the revolutionaries of the country, all the communists, to take to the streets to any of the places where these provocations are going to take place. President Biden issued a statement Monday calling on the Cuban regime to hear their people and serve their needs at this vital moment rather than enriching themselves. Biden says, we stand with the Cuban people in their clarion call for freedom and relief from the tragic grip of the pandemic and from the decades of repression and economic suffering to which they have been subjected by Cuba's authoritarian regime. The Cuban people are bravely asserting fundamental and universal rights. 
Those rights, including the right of peaceful protest and the right to freely determine their own future, must be respected. Footage shows troops coming in and police arresting protesters. A State Department official tweeted that Cubans are protesting over concerns about the virus and medicine shortages. She's now facing backlash. One quipping that the fall of the Berlin Wall was Germans protesting the measles. And Senator Marco Rubio, who is of Cuban descent, fired back, saying Cubans are rising up because they want freedom. They're tired of living under tyranny and they're tired of living under incompetent leaders. That's what the Cuban regime is. Because socialism and Marxism doesn't work. It's a failure. It's a failure everywhere it's been tried and it's having a catastrophic impact on the people of Cuba. Rubio went on to ask, so why can't the State Department, why can't the White House just say you clearly, this is not about COVID, this is not about anything else. This is about freedom. And Senator Ted Cruz, the son of a Cuban immigrant, also took to Twitter in support. He tweeted, the communist Cuban regime will be consigned to the dustbin of history. And the American people stand squarely with the men and women of Cuba and their noble fight for liberty. And Twitter also came under attack after putting out a description of the protests that reads, people are helping to spread awareness on the impact of COVID-19 in Cuba as cases hit an all-time high in the country. Rubio responded, writing surreal but not surprising. Adding says this is all about COVID awareness in Cuba, ignores this is really about how socialism is a disaster and always leads to tyranny, despair, and suffering. He went on to say in a different tweet, protests in Cuba aren't simply about shortages. Adding, socialism promises guaranteed food, medicine, and income if you give up your freedom. When, as always, it fails to deliver, you don't get your freedom back. That's why the protesters are chanting Libertad. Now let's turn back to the United States. 30 Republican House members are asking the Labor Department. Okay, so that was a quick story from the Epoch Times. Uh, just to catch you up in case you hadn't heard what was going on in Cuba. All right. Yeah, let's get that. Okay. So, um, all right. So the next two things I'm going to show you. So now this, this, this has already started again as of the 11th, as of two days ago, the people are rising up and it happened in multiple city centers, townships across multiple provinces, all of them in Cuba. Uh, and, uh, uh, organized on Twitter and Facebook, there was no official or, you know, centralized meeting for these to take place. I'm going to play for you guys an interview now uh, from, uh, I don't watch Ben, I used to like Ben Shapiro. I don't watch him anymore. Uh, but uh, this was an interview that he had had with um, so, um, a former, um, a former um, uh, dissident. Well, uh, no, not a former. She is a current dissident, but a former uh, Cuban uh, um, resident, uh, top dissident by the name of Rosa Maria Paya. And she kind of go, they kind of go into what is going on there. And then we got some extra footage for you guys. 2015, she founded the citizen initiative Cuba Decide, a movement in favor of changing the political and economic systems in Cuba toward democracy through plebiscite. She's a graduate of physics at the University of Havana and of the Global Competitive Leadership Program at Georgetown University. Rose, thanks. Rosa, thanks so much for joining the show. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much, Ben. So, Rosa, we, we met a few weeks ago and you were talking about the possibility of something like this happening. Now, obviously, we've seen this dissident movement break out into the open, thousands of people in the streets performing unprecedented action in Cuba. We've seen 
police cars being flipped over and people shouting for freedom openly in the streets at this point. Uh, what is the current status? It, it looked like the police were starting to crack down as of late yesterday. That's correct. The, the, the police, the Minister of Interior, we have to understand that in Cuba there are several, several repressive bodies, not just the police, but actually in some in some protesters in some towns of Cuba, the police joined the uh, protesters and uh, and peacefully walk demanding the end of the dictatorship. We are talking about a massive protest that took place in the whole island, at least 45 towns and cities, including all the major cities, are protesting uh, in the streets, chanting homeland and life, patria y vida, demanding freedom, demanding the end of the dictatorship. Everybody understands that too. To get out of this very deep humanitarian crisis, we have to get out of the dictatorship and the Cuban people is demanding that exit. The Cuban regime, especially Miguel Díaz-Canel, which is the puppet of the military shift in Cuba, called for a combat against the people at the streets. We have heard very sad news about several people that have been assassinated on the streets, at least five persons in Santiago de Cuba. We have heard several reports also of a brutal repression in El Malecón, in Havana, and also in the capital, in the center of Havana. But this is the end. The Cuban people is demanding the end of the, of the dictatorship. And the international community should be supporting that very brave, very brave people on the streets right now. So, Rosa, maybe you can explain the, the sort of roots of, of the current movement, because what I've seen from the media and so far from the White House, almost nothing from the White House in the United States thus far, has been an attempt to downplay this as just a result of the current humanitarian crisis in Cuba, right? suggesting that this is really just about lack of vaccines or it's about uh, a lack of, of food because of the, the current COVID situation. Um, but obviously that's untrue. I mean, obviously this has a, is a result and it's a protest against the regime itself. It seems to be the suggestion from the mainstream media that, that if some money were flown in there and some vaccines were flown in there, all of this would just go away. Maybe you can talk about the roots of what exactly is going on right now. Well, that is very disappointing because they are just repeating the propaganda of the of the of the regime. The the shantans on the street are very loud and clear. The end of the dictatorship, freedom, homeland and life. Those were the demands and those are the demands of the Cuban people. Of course, there is a very deep humanitarian crisis. Cuban people is in need of everything. It's in need of food, it's in need of medicine, it's in need of vaccines. The Cuban regime rejected the COVAX help and in a criminal gesture, they, they, are, they are an obstacle to actually start the immunization process on a, 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 within the Cuban society. Now, it's very disappointing that 24 hours into the historic protests, the uh, silence coming from President Biden, the only, actually the only comment coming from the White House was late night yesterday, and it was a very lukewarm tweet from Jake Sullivan actually conditioning the, uh, the, 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 the support of United States and, and, and selling something like if there is violence in Cuba, uh, we would do so and so. The violence is already started and it's coming from the regime, it's coming from the, from the military. They are actually dressing their military people with, with civil 
uh, customs to uh, to start to crack down into uh, uh, against the protests. So we need the solidarity now. We need the voices of the democratic world right now, calling the attention of the militaries, calling the attention of the Cuban regime and saying and warning about the serious consequences of shooting against the Cuban people. So, Rosa, what sort of measures should the international community be taking at this point? There's already sanctions, obviously. On Cuba, there have been for, for decades. They were sort of gotten rid of by the Obama administration. They were put back in place by the Trump administration. There's been pressure on Biden from his left flank to remove the sanctions again. Unbelievably enough, again, as I say, many people on the left are trying to use this current situation as an excuse to open economic circumstances with Cuba. They're saying, well, if we just relieve the humanitarian crisis, then all of this would go away. But it seems as though there needs to be some stronger action by the outside world if, in fact, as you say, I mean, the, the Cuban forces are already engaging in human rights violations. There needs to be some consequence for this. What sort of consequences are the Cuban people looking for? That's, that's a very good question because the people on the streets in Cuba is not demanding the end of the environment. They are demanding the end of the dictatorship. And what we need from the uh, from United States and from all the countries in the Americas is a very determined position and action, actually sanctioning the repressors by name, not just United States, all the countries in the Americas. We, we have the, the Rio Treaty. We've, we have the, uh, the, the, the OAS, the Inter-American System. We need to activate that system in order to protect the Cuban people that also has a right to democracy and, and that is demanding that right. Actually, right now, mainly all the communications with, uh, with Cubans are cut out. They, 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 they shut down internet in the whole island. The reports that we have are very scarce. United States has the capacity to provide internet access to the Cuban people even beyond the interference of the Cuban regime. We need that access now because that access is what is going to save life in Cuba. That access is going is, is what is going to help us to show the world what is going on in the island. And that's those voices are the ones that needs to be supported the voices of the Cuban people that are on the streets, not just in Cuba. They have been on the streets around the world, from Bolivia to Chile to Washington, D.C. to Miami. The Cuban nation that lives inside the island and outside the island is demanding that support. We need humanitarian support, but that support has to be independent from the dictatorship. That, 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 that humanitarian corridor has to be directed only to the Cuban people through the Cuban civil society, through the network of, of Catholics and Christian churches that are ready to support. We actually did it. We did it uh, six months ago when we sent tons of food and medicine collected in just one day by the Cuban families in Miami. And when they arrived to the Mariel port in, in, in Cuba, the Cuban regime confiscated completely. They are, they are a corrupt and criminal dictatorship and they cannot be they are not ready and they are not willing to be part of the solution the solution is to support the cuban people directly and prevent any kind of intervention from the regime joining us dang ladies and gentlemen so that is quite some info there yeah i don't watch ben shapiro either but I wanted to capture that Rose, um, Rosa Maria Paya interview there. So, um, okay, so I, it was hard for me to understand everything also. Both of them are very fast speakers. Um, but again, 
she was calling on the United States of America and the other countries in the Americas to do something or to assist with what's going on with the communist regime now. And now this is what my biggest fear is in all of this as well, is because, I mean, phone a communist, phone a socialist. They need to see this stuff. You know, these people live in some sort of la-la land that they think communism's a good thing and socialism never leads to something like this. But what we're seeing now in Cuba is, is the people standing up and an active violence occurring against people for their political beliefs. And again, like they said, you guys saw in that Epoch Times clip where the president of Cuba is calling on the communists to stand up and take down these insurrectionists, these revolutionaries. Like they're painting this to be like some sort of small thing that's caused by provo provocations from the United States of America. But that is not the case. That's not the case at all. That's the storyline they're trying to spin. That's the yarn they're trying to get everyone to feed into. But what's really going on here is these people are done. And it's quite, and, and she even said herself, the internet's been cut off on the island of Cuba. The United States of America has the capacity to give the people of Cuba internet access, and they need to do it now because there's no way that we in the 21st century are going to see the atrocities that are committed by these violent regimes if they don't. And that's the only way, ladies and gentlemen. That's why I'm like, huh, because. It's through it's through this internet connection, right? This great old internet, right? That's why we need the new internet, like that that they're able to silence these people and that no one will ever know. It'll be like what? Nazi Germany all over again. Now, is it gonna get that violent over there in Cuba? I don't know. Y'all guys heard President Trump's statement. He said there were no protesters today. They were all uprising just yesterday. I mean, we're talking about thousands of them, not just like one or two insurrectionists. Thousands of people across the island of Cuba were standing up. So why is it that today, Tuesday, July 13th, you don't hear a peep from the people in Cuba about standing up and an uprising? It's because their internet's been disconnected. For all we know, there was um, a slaughter today. For all we know, there are mass graves today in Cuba. We don't know. We don't know because these people have been cut off from the world, ladies and gentlemen. And so that is why I was very busy today collecting clips from Cuba. And we're going to watch them, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I will advise you that there is going to be some graphic content coming up. So if you are, a and I don't normally play stuff like this. I don't like watching stuff like, and I, now, okay, now maybe the first four, three or four of them, I'm okay, because it shows the people standing up. And every time I see videos of people standing up, I mean, it does something to me. Like I get choked up. But once we get past the first three or four videos, guys, it's going to be, it's going to be content that, you know, it, I would just say, you know, viewer discretion advised sensitive you know it's 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 not pretty like you're seeing the violence you're seeing the cops you're seeing the the communists and and one thing that we'll point out in this i think i even have a photo in here as well is that uh you have and it's so interesting the people the commun the police officers la policia the the people who are you know 
you know, battering down the people. They look like Antifa and BLM. Like they're all in black. Isn't that interesting how communists all dress in, in total black like this, right? Call your communist friends. Call your socialist friends. Let them know need to see this crap so they can see exactly how things are run in a communist country. You know, like I said, I've never met a communist that wasn't a Satanist. But I'll let you guys know. I just want to share this because, like I said, these videos, they may take them down. They've already silenced the people of Cuba on Twitter and Facebook. You know, I, I mean, I'm going to go through this stuff again tomorrow and see if there's any new con new videos and stuff like that out there. But, um, I mean, you heard you heard Rosa Maria Paya they, they, and you heard President Trump. Oh, there's suddenly no protesters. Gee, I wonder what happened. Anyways, viewer discretion is advised. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
familia, ahora mismo se calentó esta tarde, toda Cuba está en la pista, todas las organizaciones nacionales e internacionales convoquen para GAI. Yo me voy para Manicó, me cueste lo que me cueste, me voy para GAI. Estoy puesto, está bueno ya, SOS Cuba es para GAI. Yo me voy para Manicó, me cueste lo que me cueste, me cueste lo que me cueste hasta atrás. Estamos conectados, le estamos a presos políticos, ya está buena la dictadura, ¿eh? democracia la que nosotros queremos. Me voy para Manicó. Says on July 11, 2021, unprecedented protests took place in all cities around Cuba, with demonstrators numbering in the thousands. They want Diaz Canal gone, but he won't go quietly. You notice how they look like Antifa members or BLM members, all dressed in black communists. Says the cops are beating people, they're beating people. I don't know, guys. I'm not sensitive, but I am a sensitive, and it's hard for me to watch this stuff sometimes. Um, so this was one that I was. Uh, this was another point uh, that I was um, just. It reminds me so much of the operations of these communists here in America, of the the, the Antifa's, the BLM's, the communists, the these people. Not only do they have their black berets out there and their stormtroopers, they have whole segments of these guys coming out in plain clothes, street clothes, civilian clothing, and they are beating on people, apprehending them. The, from this point, ladies and gentlemen, the rest of this gets violent, and I apologize. I don't normally show this kind of stuff. I don't like it. I don't like to show it. It's not my style, <laughs> but again, they people need to see whether communists take this. They they I know I've met I don't know people but I've met people who've claimed to be communists and you know or claimed that socialism doesn't end this way and like president Trump said there are no protesters. Where did they all go? 
where did they all go? So from this point forward in the presentation, it gets violent. Uh, so again, like I said, I mean, I just, I don't like looking at this stuff, but I, I wanted to document it just because um, this stuff might come off the internet and then people will say there never was a bloody revolution in Cuba. There, there never was a bloody protest. The people just went home. The people just went home. That's what they might say. I don't know. Uh, but I just, yeah. Anyways. All right. Yeah, and I apologize I couldn't compile the, compile this all into one video. I just there's not enough hours in the day. So these are gonna be a bunch of short clips, but they're all here, all the ones I could find. Vamos, 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 vamos. Vamos, 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 vamos. Keep in mind also, guys, the people of Cuba are unarmed. They don't have arms over there. That's why they want ours. See, all the cops are taking her and everyone's screaming, Ay, she's just a girl. She's just a little girl. Why are you doing this to her? This one, uh, this is another kind of short one. And these are all going to be relatively short. The people are, st the people, the guy filming in this one's protesting. And over here under the light are the cops. And they shoot at them at night. And then you see a body laying on the ground. more of these to go through. Here's a longer one. Okay. 
It's like you want to see what's going on in Cuba. You want to see how communists treat you. That's what happens. I hope people are paying attention. I know you guys over at the Foxhole app are and beyond. And I apologize. Uh, I don't like playing this stuff either anyways. I'm just... Miren, bajada, caballero. Nosotros no estamos financiados por nadie. A nosotros nadie nos está pagando. Como pueden ver, estas ropas son verdes. Nosotros trabajamos con pacientes de COVID. Le vamos a informar que a un médico, compañero de nosotros, llamado Raúl, la policía lo mató a palo en las manifestaciones. Literalmente lo mataron a palo. Ahora mismo, la bata de médico, las camisas estas, todo esto ya nosotros lo soltamos. Ya. Mañana cuando sacamos de guardia, nosotros vamos a ir para que nos maten a palo nosotros también. She here, so if you guys caught that, like, the next couple of ones are going to be a little bit slower. Um, they're talking about how uh, they their their friend got clubbed to death, and again, that's this is the reason why I'm sharing this. I like I said, I don't normally share stuff like this, but um, people don't realize, and I'm not talking about anyone present, but people don't realize what this looks like, and this is happening today. Like this is happening today. This is what a communist regime does. This is what a communist country. This is how they treat their people. This is how they quelch uprisings. This is how they stay in power. And they, they did it also by taking their guns and taking their ability to defend themselves. Now, people who are against, you know, having the right to bear arms, I think would learn well from the lessons of what's happening today. If they can't do it based on all of the history that we've been taught and the history that we know of how such, such types of governmental systems run, 
this should be enough of an example. You know, this should be a clear example. In this, in this clip, they basically pull a dead body out of a house. Ugh, makes me sick. Oh, okay. Next, we're almost done, guys. Again, <laughs> I totally understand if you guys bailed on this. Uh, let me see here. Uh, okay, so this one, okay, so remember how I was saying that they have undercover street people, like they have their police, they go in disguise, the communists, they're dressed in street clothes. This clip shows a man, because uh, don't forget, the people of Cuba have no guns, they're unarmed, they're disarmed. So you see a street guy in here fighting with some of the people and he pulls out and he pulls out a gun. And uh, he actually, in, in one of the clips I'll show after this, uh, you see another instance of street clothed communists who are quelching the protesters. Uh, uh, and they kind of have like the same kind of look. But again, you know, they're in street clothes. speak a little bit too quick in a different dialect uh i mean it's the same same essentially the same language it's just you know different different part of the world um they basically found out that they were they were trying to get them out of there and then the guy shows them his gun and then they really realize what they're dealing with and then a fight ensues now this is the one i was telling you guys about where it's uh a plain clothes again the plain clothes guys they they're all in skinny jeans what the hell's up with that? This one, it's this guy right here in this corner. Uh, and, and then this guy, they're they're choking out a protester. It almost looks like the same guy, honestly. Anyway, short clip there. We're almost done. Okay, this clip. Uh, they're actually, this is this, they were, this woman, I guess she's a dissident here in Cuba was doing a live interview, uh, with a Spain 
Spaniard reporter, Spain correspondent, and they arrest her and they take her in. Anyways, trying to ease off of those really negative vibe feelings. Okay, <laughs> now this one is a uh, this one's a video about a man talking about what happened to his friend and what the police did to them. This is the last one I'll be playing for tonight. Yeah, this is what's going on in Cuba. We know they stood up and protested, but uh, this backlash, right? El amigo que le hable, que le acaban de matar a su hermano en Cuba. De matarnos. De masacrarlo, los hijos putas. Le cayeron a palo, le cayeron a... Le sacaron los ojos, los dientes. Pero la van a pagar una a una. Short clip. But, uh... Like they said, as of today... There was uh, no more protesters over in the state, in the in the country of Cuba. So, um, yeah, uh, that's a damn truth right there. Hey, Deplora Laura. Deplora Laura is joining us over on Twitch. Never give up your guns. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry I couldn't uh, translate all of that for you guys, but um, that was basically that. And I was just sharing that with you guys. Like I said, as I, I saw you guys over at the Foxhole chat saying not to uh, not to apologize for showing the truth. But, you know, I just I don't like to show that stuff. I really don't like to show that stuff like um, but uh, in light of the fact that they are now experiencing this and it's the perfect example of what happens to a communist country. You know, people talked about Venezuela and socialism and, you know, you had all of the 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 the, uh, the people who are pro-socialism just really poo-poo it, just not care about it, just, oh, what are you talking about? In spite of the fact that all of this stuff is going on and it's true, and at the same time, these people, they can't even they can't even face up to the reality of it. They can't even see that this is actually going on. They can't even admit it. You know, and and these people in Cuba have been dealing with this for like, what, 60 years, six decades at least. <clears throat> and so, you know, that it I don't know, it just. I just, you know, you know, we, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to go I'm going to go back and look to see if there's anything new coming out of Cuba in regards to the protests. Uh, maybe some of you guys out there will, too. But just knowing that that is happening now and you see the way they're doing, it, you see the way they operate. All these people operate the same way. These communists, I'm telling you, like that is what communism looks like. That is what it looks like when you have people who are just forcing their will on others. They claim it's for the good of many. Really. I mean, I know most of my audience out there is educated enough to know that that's just a load of bull. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> uh, thank you again for tuning in to the C-Report today. Now, I'm sorry I'm leaving you guys on such a low, 
<laughs> we're on such a low vibe tonight. I don't normally do that kind of thing, but we were wrapping it up with Cuba today anyways. But we'll be back again tomorrow at the same place, same time, uh, 7.30 p.m. Central Time for the Sea Report. Check us out on channels, the Foxhole app. If you're over at Twitch, thanks for hanging in. Trovo, we get a couple of stragglers in there every now and then. That's not that important anyways. And uh, let's see here. Let me just see what's going on in chat real quick before I sign up for the night. Uh, 11,300,000 people in Cuba. I don't like seeing it, but need to know. You're right, S-Boxer. We do need to know. With that many people, you know, like, and that's the thing, you know, is that, that they outnumber those in power, but... At the same time, the tactics that they're using, you know, that's like, it's not even, they're not even trying to hide it. That's why they're cutting out the internet because all of that stuff is happening. They have their black communist clad, like uh, law enforcement, La Policia out there. They have their people undercover. They're not trying to hide that they're trying to quell this revolution. And they're trying to say it's an insurrection that was inspired by the United States of America. Like we set them off and it's only a few people. Same story, different country, just like the lies that they tell us over at the Middle East and the things that are going on over there when they say that we're backing the rebels, but we're actually backing the Taliban and ISIS and all this other crap so that we can throw a regime change over there. Well, I mean, the communists have been in their pocket for a long time over in Cuba. And uh, it's, I, it's about damn time that someone did something about it. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know where we can go from there, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, let me go ahead and release the scratch off for today. And I thank you guys again for uh, tuning in and sitting through today's C-Report. You guys have a great night. I know, Joy for Trump. I saw you in the chat. I know I don't like looking at it either, but thank you for hanging in there. Um, we will be, yes, we will be back again tomorrow. Like I said, hey, speaking easy, thanks for stopping in. Thank you for gifting the cookies. Thank you guys for the cookie gifts today. You guys filled my cookie jar. I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it, you know. Uh, I'm the kind of person that doesn't mind if there are a lot of hands in the cookie jar. So <laughs> put all your cookie pills and donations are much appreciated. And uh, um, anyways, I'll catch up with the rest of you all. Thank you all for everything tonight. Thank you all for sitting tight. And uh, well, we will be back tomorrow as per the usual. Till then, have a great evening and we will see you then.